way. Oh, Jesus, scared the crap out of me. Sorry, hold on, I'm, I'm going to the well. I, <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard nothing. Then this voice just out of nowhere. You hungry? I need to... Oh, no, I'm doing good on food. I ran across a guy uh, about an hour and a half ago, uh, a lot further south than this, who gave me a couple steaks. Hey. <clears throat> I've been thirsty as fuck. Pig steaks, to be clear. Hey. I was actually doing a bit of wandering around here. All I've managed to find is a chicken so far. I was hoping to find an animal for us to cook. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything up here except for chickens, and I don't know if, um, I don't know if there are wolves around on this build. No, no wolves at the moment. Maybe someone's got them Damn. on a modded server, but sadly there's no wolves um, at the moment. Well, if they're turned off, there's a reason. Yeah. So how you been, my man? I've been all right. I've been all right. I, uh, you know, keep myself busy. Yeah. I, uh, intentionally took a bit of a break, uh, from Daisy because I wanted to wait to see, uh, 0.63. Yeah. Uh, oh, my stomach's full. Nice. I uh, wanted to wait to see 0.63 in a healthy state, you know, because when I left, it was, it was very, very, very rough. The, you know, the, the, the fluidity of, of the animation systems there and, but it, uh, it had a lot to go. There was a lot of meat missing on the bones. As Peter would say, uh, there's so much work to do. <laughs> well, come this uh, way. I've got a fire better. going for you. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, God, they've got to increase the render distance on that. That is too short. Yeah, way, way, way too short. What? Did you? There we go. Oh, no, that's laying down. Oh, shit. The, the indoor ones are working. Nice. Yeah, it took me a little bit. Um, it was a bit buggy. I had to... If you ride up against it, it wasn't rendering in. I placed it in it, but I couldn't actually see the infantry of it. So I had to step back a bit, and then... Um, yeah, it comes up then. Um, there's some stuff there if you want it. An M4 or a USG... Oh yeah, they changed the changed the name. Yeah, because of that UECD thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I I don't. Some of it, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like maybe let's go back to the well and think about the name. Like the name for the uh, uh, the name the display name they use for the FNX. I was like, this. This does, no, there's got to be a cooler name. It's a, it's a tactical pistol. It should have a tactical name. You know? <laughs> it definitely should. Okay. So, let's get into this, Brian. It has been a long, long time. You got yourself quite sick there for a while, mate. I imagine it was not the nicest of uh, flus you managed to get. Was it a man flu or just a regular flu? I don't know what the fuck it was. And the funny thing about it, funny thing about it is, so on a Friday, uh, I left work, got myself a cigar, had the cigar, 
and uh, I was fine on Friday. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, my girlfriend went to the doctor, and she was for something unrelated. Uh, I don't remember what it was. I think uh, it was just like a, a pain. She wanted to get checked out. And um, uh, they gave her a flu shot. Uh, just like, just because, you know, you should have it. Uh, but it's been years since I've had a flu shot. And uh, I was like, flu shot? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't need a flu shot. And the very next morning I woke up and I had a sore throat. Wow. Every time I've had a flu vaccine, though, I end up getting the flu real bad. I just don't bother with it anymore. Well, I mean, that's the nature of a vaccine. It's a small dose of the mm. of the uh, of what you're getting vaccinated against. Yeah, uh, in, entirely to trigger your uh, your immune system and start producing antibodies. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start off with some of the more boring questions, Brian. How old are you, mate? Uh, well, amusingly. Right now, I'm 35, but if you ask me about two weeks from now, I'll be 36. Oh, well, happy birthday for two weeks from now, mate. I'm actually okay with just staying 35. Anything <laughs> over 35, and then I feel like that's pretty much 40, you know? And I don't, I'm not ready for that yeah. myself. And what about family? You mentioned a girlfriend? Well... I, yeah, I do, I do have uh, I do have a girlfriend, uh, a partner, as I like to reference her. Uh, we You've got a together. fur family as well, uh, don't you? Yes, between the two of us, we have three of them. Wow. What breeds? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Beagle. Uh, for those that have followed Daisy, I'm sure they've seen pictures of Athos. Yep. He was kind of like uh, the office dog for a while and uh, had a bit of a... A romance going with Peter's dog, uh, Roxy. Um, and then I've got uh, I've got a German Shepherd. She's all black, purebred, yep. uh, female. And I, I named her after my mother, actually. Uh, not specifically my mother's name, but my mother's nickname yep. uh, is what I named her after. And then um, uh, the girlfriend has, well, um, we're not exactly sure ex what she is. She's a bit of a mutt, yep. uh, which the best dogs always are. Uh, I think... There's a little bit of terrier. It's like a terrier uh, chihuahua mix. Wow, a little tiny dog. Actually, not too tiny, about the size of Athos or Roxy. Yep. Um, and she's got the, the floppy ears, uh, perky but floppy ears of a, of a terrier. Um, and definitely got the uh, the terrier body, much bulkier than uh, chihuahua, you know, like the, the kind of stout. Uh, but she is... She's not a dog. Uh, uh, my girlfriend likes to describe her as a fiasco. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Has she got the aggression of a chihuahua then? She does. She does. Uh, she definitely does, but she's got the the, the anal retentive sniffiness of a terrier. Has yep. to smell everything at all the time. Everywhere. My golden retriever's like that. He just sniffs everything. Oh, golden retrievers are just beautiful dogs yeah this one's scared of his own shadow though i think i've got the only golden retriever in the world that's scared of water <laughs> i was just gonna say they, they're water dogs and yeah. uh, none of my dogs are which i wish they were because you know i live on the beach yep okay so what are you doing for a living now exactly the same thing i've been doing for a living for the last 10 years which is to say 
I am developing video games. I'm in the same role I was over at Daisy. Yep. Uh, just with a different company on a different project that I can't quite speak about yet because Ooh. again, much like Daisy, uh, often those who make the games don't necessarily own the IP. Yep. So more news to come on this front. Yes. Yes. There. Once we get to a point in which the title's announced and companies is acceptable talk or uh, acceptable. Uh, company is okay with yep. talking about it, then I look forward to uh, to uh, managing the hype but sharing my uh, my personal excitedness about it. Awesome. It sounds, what little you've said, it does still sound quite interesting and um, very cryptic, and I do look forward to analysing your tweets over the future just to see if I can't divulge any information from it. I'm sure I'll slip up. I'm sure I have slipped up. Uh, but I can say this much, you know, I, I had a lot of opportunities uh, presented to me uh, during my time at Bohemia and after my time at Bohemia, um, and I was very picky about what I picked. Uh, I'm fortunate enough uh, to be at a stage in my life, in my career, where I can kind of pick what it is I want to work on, Yep. and this is definitely something I want to work on. Well, that's the key thing. What do they say? If you're happy in your job, it barely feels like working. I wish it was true, but the yeah. reality of the day in and out of of game development, uh, there are there are slogs. There are definite slogs. But you know, I like I like to uh, <clears throat> overhydrate myself, have a little bit of uh, coffee, and uh, I don't know what it is about it, but uh, yeah, everything just feels more excited when I'm pissing clear. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Okay, now there's one thing I've always wanted to know. Your gamer tag is Hicks underscore 206. Hicks is very obvious what that is, but what is the 206? Is that is there any significance to that, or was it just a random number? I can't recall if Australia has area codes. Yes, we do. We have. Uh, oh, we call them postcodes. Oh, oh, well, postcodes are for the for the post, though. Oh, area codes for phones. Do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, we yeah. do. Yes, we do. All right. Well, 206 is the area code for where I was living for a vast majority of my adult life, which is the greater Seattle area. Yep. Well, there you go. Something very, very obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those from the Pacific Northwest, uh, especially those, you know, in and around the state of Washington or Vancouver or Portland would probably get the reference. Uh, yeah. Originally... Uh, my 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 accounts. I think it started with my first Gmail, or maybe it was my Twitter. Um, was uh, Hicks underscore Pax because I was doing a lot of volunteer work for the Penny Arcade Expo when it was much 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 smaller. Yep. And uh, there was something uh, something that felt a little a little pogue about it. Uh, so uh, under the advisement of friends. I switched it to something that didn't necessarily have to tie my identity to an organization. Yeah. And uh, I've stuck with it because uh, when I started streaming on Twitch in um, early 2012, uh, that's the account I made. And, uh, you know, between the Survivor games and Daisy Taviana and my streaming, it was just, a, you know, I, I was known by it. My Twitter account was it. My Twitch account was it. It's not. It's not one of those handles that you have to worry about getting, you know? It's not it's not a common thing. 
So it's very easy to get it, and, you know, it was like, well, shit, just stay on land. Well, that um, it probably leads into the next question, then. I imagine it's going to be something very similar. What's the whole 775 thing I've seen attached to you and stuff as well? You really, I think the the only person, the only type of person that would know that is the type of person that, well, if you're from Australia, it's the type of person that knows Blair. Uh, because that's uh, the community that I built up around. Actually, you know, I'll, I'll make this short and sweet. Uh, 775 is, is shorthand for, for my personal community. Uh, that that uh, essentially, if you trace its lineage back, yep. is my stream community from when I first streamed. When I first started uh, streaming on Twitch in 2012, uh, I rented an official uh, DayZ mod server. Yep. And the number I was issued was 775. So I just kind of stuck with it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it just kind of stuck. Uh, so every time I launch a DayZ server, it's 775. Every time I launch any server, really, yep. it's 775. Um, and I think, I'm not sure, but I think my sub badge is just the number 775. Or at least it was at one point. On yep. Twitch, that is. Okay, so who or what got you into gaming? How long have you been gaming for? Uh, 1987, yep. I think. Uh, yeah, 1987. Um, the uh, Apple IIe uh, version of a title called The Oregon Trail. Never heard uh, of the, the first heard game of I can recall getting into. I'm not sure uh, if you're taking the piss. If you are, uh, the Oregon Trail is is essentially an educational uh, game, uh, educational adventure game for the Apple IIe, based around uh, a uh, the expeditionary path that two explorers from the United States, Lewis and Clark, took to go from I believe they left from St. Louis, Missouri, um, uh, all the way over to to discover the West Coast, specifically the uh, Pacific Northwest of the United States. And it terminated in what was, at the time, the Oregon Territory, which later became the state of Oregon, you know, where Portland is from, yep. where I'm from. Uh, but yeah, there was, uh, it was an educational game, uh, essentially about, uh, about uh, explore, exploration uh, and the history of uh, the western United States. Uh, I guess I just assume it's more, uh, more common and popular uh, because I grew up in Oregon. Yeah. But no, definitely not taking the piss, and you brought a smile to my face when I remembered that you are quite um, well-versed in Australian vernacular. Um, for the uh, viewers who don't know what that means, is he was wondering if I was being sarcastic or um, uh, having a bit of a joke with him and pretending I didn't know something that I obviously should know. That's what take the piss means. Yeah, come to think of it, I think Australia, outside of you know, uh, Europe proper... Um, is the the country I've visited the most outside of you know uh, Europe and the United States is, yep. is Australia. So, what's your favorite game of all time? Well, it's this got to be Daisy, Daisy Mod specifically. Yep. Um, yeah, Daisy Mod uh, followed up with the uh, you know tied tied with uh, Ultima Online, classic Ultima Online, circa 1997, 1998. Yep. Uh, and Star Wars Galaxies. Now, 
I preface this just to be clear, because I know someone's going to fucking say something that I don't, I did not put Daisy up there. One, because that's, that's self-congratulation, I think is the term. And two, because Daisy is not, it's not, it's not where I want it to be yet. It's not where Peter wants it to be yet, but it's on the path. I got to tell you, a little tangential, um, oh Jesus, I hit my mouse, a little tangential. I was, I was uh, making my way up here today and just consistently stopping and, and taking screenshots and audibly saying out loud in my office at work, holy shit, this is a gorgeous game. Now, keep in mind, I play at 2 to 4K, everything turned up, so that might be yeah. why someone might have different visuals. But uh, it's just, I, I remember what this title looked like before anybody had seen a public video of it, and it, it has come a long, long way. And some amazing things have been done, and having, uh, you know, seen the the scripting language evolution and the animation system, the damage system all just slowly come to, to come together from their drawing board to where it is now. The infrastructure, there's so much potential, so much potential to be everything that that Dean wanted it to be, that I wanted it to be, when we first started it. So I just, I it didn't. Yes, I love Daisy, but you know, Daisy's, it's a little different when I play Daisy because. It's it's you know I help build this yes uh, yeah so it's not as much a game for me as a part of my life so when you say my favorite games I'm thinking things that I didn't work on that I picked up off a shelf and played yeah that's definitely Daisy mod I didn't pick up off the shelf uh, Ultima Online Star Wars Galaxies Star Wars Galaxies to be clear pre uh, new game pre any changes like the launch Star Wars Galaxies was just fucking amazing I love that title. What was the first PC you ever owned? First one I ever owned would have to be. I might classify this as my in my personal possession, not like a my Damn parents. One. Yep. Yeah, my, the first one I got that was my own PC was an Intel 8086, and uh, I got it uh, because it was being chucked out from, I believe, a a woman's shelter, a battered woman's shelter in Oregon. Uh, and we were, we were leaving, and I saw it, and I asked, you know, can I take that? <laughs> of course. Because at this point, this is right about when the uh, the uh, first-generation Pentium processor started hitting the market. Mm -hmm. uh, right about Windows 90, it was shortly before Windows 95 was released. And, uh, yeah, that was my first PC. It took it uh, took it home, and it took me several months to figure out how to make this thing do anything. Uh, but I have very fond memories of it. Yep. And your first console? Were you ever a console gamer? Well, I grew up in a. Well, let's just say uh, there's there's a there's a saying in the states, uh, or maybe maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just in my own social circle, but. We grew up eating government cheese, so to speak. Uh, you know, uh, food assistance from the government, uh, and I'm not talking like just food stamps. I'm talking like actual have to go and and pick up packaged food that looks like it. It, it actually did come from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Yep. Um, so consoles were not really a thing for me until I was an adult. Yep. Uh, and the first console I was able to purchase. I'm thinking back would have been 
an original PlayStation. And it wasn't actually when I was an adult. It was, however, after I was making my own money. I had my own my first job. Yep. I believe I was 16. And what were you doing? What was your job? Oh, I, uh, I, um, I delivered uh, a custom door and trim hardware for uh, a shop that made door uh, doors and trim uh, and stair parts, stair components. Uh, there was a family family owned business of a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, and he was working out of the shop because you know his mom and his dad owned it, and uh, you know we were good friends. We were pretty much inseparable. Uh, I don't know if you have a friend like that from childhood, but I, I spent pretty much every waking moment between the ages of 14 to 17, uh, maybe even 18, with this guy all the time. And, uh, yeah, we would uh, – uh, he was a year older than I, I was, I think, and he mm-hmm. had his driver's license. And uh, come to think, maybe it was a learner's from it. I don't recall, but somehow we were legally driving. He was driving this uh, – Big ass uh, Ford F two fifty. It was like a nineteen eighty six Ford F two fifty manual, um, four wheel drive, and it was. It, we delivered the doors in a, uh, a a very large horse trailer. This is a mom, small mom and pop shop. Uh, yeah, that's how I uh, I was paid under the table. Actually, uh, paid under the table. Good old cash in hand. And. Uh, Yep, yep, and used that to buy a used PlayStation 1. And, uh, oh, actually, funny enough, this is what got me into post-apocalyptic uh, uh, content. Because I'd never, I'd never dabbled or even seen anything post-apocalyptic. Prior to this, I had picked up the PlayStation. This was in a, uh, a, uh, a used game store back you know, before GameStop was a thing, when there was tons of mom-and-pop used game stores. And uh, I picked it up. It was used, and I was looking at the used games because I wanted to get a game because I hadn't ever played really anything mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. And there was... Uh, they, had this, they had this little tiny little TV uh, doing the demo loop for Resident Evil 2, oh. which was brand new. And uh, I picked... I picked that sucker up, and I, I don't think I slept for the first two or three days. <laughs> Resident Evil is an amazing game. It uh, it really is, especially especially Resident Evil Two. I th- I think was I honestly believe it was the apex of the series. And you bet your ass, I am. I am dripping with anticipation for the remake because it looks fucking amazing. So what sort of PC are you running right now at home? Uh, oh, fuck, I just upgraded this thing. Um, I am running, I believe it's an 8700K. Uh, Intel i7 8700K, I believe that's it. It's definitely 8 series. Um and uh, 32 gigs RAM. I still have the 1080 I got uh, a couple years back uh, when we were demoing the render, the new renderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the stack SSDs. Uh, I do, however, uh, have a really bad, I don't know if it's a bad habit or not, but it requires a lot of desk space. I do rock a, a three-monitor setup. I've got one um, uh, flipped or on its side so I can uh, view long, long scripts. 
Yep. Uh, and then I've got a, a 1080 on the uh, 1080p one on the on the opposite side. In the middle, I'm running a, a Dell 4K. What is this like a 40 inch, 42? I don't know. It's a it's a larger Dell 4K monitor that I picked up also shortly before the new renderer launched, uh, so that I could see what Daisy looked like in uh, 4K on uh, 0.60. Any plans to get a 2080? Uh, I'll have to see whether or not I can uh, convince NVIDIA to give me one in exchange for something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, they're usually, it's very difficult to get their, their bleeding edge stuff. Uh, the 1080 thing, I pretty much had to completely rearrange my E3 schedule to do uh, that interview on their, in their uh, media booth. I doubt I can get the 2080. For free but uh if i can't i'll just buy one yeah yep so a long long time ago you used to stream why did you start streaming i started streaming because uh some friends of mine uh who later on uh helped me uh create the survivor games well it was the hunger games and the survivor games um <clears throat> well let me back this up a little bit actually uh i was uh i was living in redmond washington uh, working on campus, uh, uh, Xbox campus over at Microsoft, and I had read in PC Gamer some stuff about this this new mod called Daisy Mod for Arma 2, which is a game I I had never touched because it looks so fucking complicated. And um, uh, I told myself because at that at that time I was working on the publishing end um, of the business that I wasn't going to touch something that uh, was, as described in this little snippet in PC Gamer, very much early, early alpha, still in development, has lots of issues. I'm like, I don't want to go home and deal, see the same unfinished state of titles that I see at work. You know? I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. But uh, I had heard about, I don't know who, who I had heard it through, I had heard about Twitch. It's this new thing. And I was like, well, you know, I could probably watch some Daisy on Twitch. And I went to Twitch and I searched for Daisy and I saw some folks streaming it. Uh, Puddin, um, uh, Thinking PC Gamer, uh, Individual Ghost, uh, QN Lou, Soma Plays, to name a few. And I had messaged uh, a couple, uh, Deegan, I had messaged uh, several folks uh, of these, these streamers who were pulling huge numbers, huge numbers for 2012 meant like hitting triple digits on your viewers at all like if you cross over to 100 two, three, yep. holy shit you're big time 700 viewers you were at the top of fucking twitch kind of thing is the way it felt back then um and uh yeah i messaged a couple of them because they just seemed to be just you know regular dudes uh playing video games um and I, I really liked the adventures they were having, and I wanted to, to offer, you know, like maybe, you know, PAX was coming up. Maybe I can, you know, help you guys out as an insider in the industry. And uh, I got a response from uh, uh, QN Omnikai, who was the leader of, uh, of uh, QuickNap Gaming. Uh, well, it wasn't actually. The QuickNap Gaming didn't exist at the time, but it had a group of friends, uh, Soma and Lou, for example, uh, that we're playing DayZ together, and uh, he was really interested in any advice I could give him uh, to get through to like uh, you know sponsorships that kind of stuff. And I knew mm -hmm. a lot of folks uh, on that side, having spent the time I did uh, at 
uh, volunteering for PACS. Uh, so we started talking. I was giving advice back and forth, uh, you know, as a regular viewer. And uh, Kai told me, he's like, you know, you, you've... Well, first he invited me to start playing with him, and I was playing with him. I was having a fucking blast. And he told me and Lou both, because I don't think either of us streamed at the time, that we've, we've got a stream. And uh, I, uh, I guess through some persuasion, eventually gave in and started streaming with him. And we had this thing going... Uh, it was insane the amount of time I put into streaming. Um, I would I would do a full eight hour day and then I would come home and stream eight to twelve hours every day. I'd stream twelve hours minimum each day on the weekend. I, w I was literally doing two full time jobs of time, uh, and we would uh, <laughs> before like large spread uh, proliferation of things like Teamspeak, Discord, etc. Discord was even around back then. Um, so we would we had a group Skype call, and we would always be in this group Skype call. We'd just mute our mics when we left. It was like a it was like a digital hangout, mm -hmm. and you could almost bet that because all we did was play Daisy non fucking stop, all the time. We lived in Daisy, so you could you could almost guarantee you you go home after work, you put your headset on, someone's in there, someone's playing, and you know we'll put we put the the server information we were on in the chat and we'd all we'd all join and it just kind of went from there just non-stop streaming daisy all the time back in 2012 any chance we'll see you back streaming anytime soon i've been thinking about it uh over the last year i think i've been spending a lot of time maybe even a year and a half um dealing with uh gta rp in fact if you've watched uh jam jam jar or uh hazard or uh yeah uh, or um oh god damn it uh tiger rider i was trying to think of who played Vaughn goodman uh harona all those uh, a lot of those folks uh uh we all played together we started out on the the same community uh, a mm -hmm. lot of us started out on uh rp first and then moved to uh true los santos rp um I just I didn't stream it. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been really heavily into that, and uh, I'd say over the last eight to nine months, I've been very heavy into modding 5M itself, um, and and uh, that's that's really reignited that that spark of modding that I had back during the Daisy Taviana days. Yep. And uh, the Survivor games, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. So I've I've I've, I've been on the fence about streaming it. Uh, just because every time I turn my stream on, it's, I don't know, there's a lot of great people to come in, and then there's some people that are just total shitheads, and then if I say something that's related to Daisy, someone misinterprets it, then it becomes a thing, and I don't want to cause any trouble for Peter and the crew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just need some good mods, mate, who are quick with the band hammer. It's true, but I've been away for so long that... God knows where most of my mods are. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's any mods out there, hit him up on Twitter. Let him know you're still available and uh, willing to work for Peanuts. It, it, it'll have to be Peanuts at, at, at the start. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned it then. Um, 
usually I ask people if they play the mod, but um, you've obviously made that very, very clear that you played the mod. One thing I don't think a lot of people know, but if they've watched any of your past interviews, they should know, but you were behind the crew that made Taviana. Well, to be clear, Martin Bauer uh, made Taviana Island, the terrain. It's it's from the Arma series, uh, Arma 2 modding over, you can probably still find it over on Armaholics, if Armaholics is still around. Um, I did not make the terrain. Uh, however, uh, myself and a very good friend of mine who also happens to be Australian um, uh, got together and we did, uh, yes, Daisy Taviana, otherwise known as DaisyTaviana.com. Uh-huh. I actually just got into a heated debate about this on the Daisy subreddit because there was a, I'm sure, well-meaning uh, gentleman who uh, remembered things a little differently than things went down. Uh, there was, for I think maybe a couple weeks, uh, a uh, an early version uh, from a group called DaisyLand.eu, and there was a guy by the name of Alex, if I remember correctly, at the helm of that, um, and something that kind of flew against the grain in, in the face of, of traditional Arma modding and Daisy modding uh, later on, was that uh, they had this mod, they ran it on one or two servers, and they refused to give anybody access to the package to run more servers. Uh, the database struct, uh, the, the, the data files for it itself, they just, they, they wouldn't. And, and uh, Daisy Taviano was really fucking cool because we had spent so much time at that point playing uh, the original Daisy mod, and then uh, Daisy Lingor uh, when it came out, and later Daisy Panthera, which I believe is Icebreaker's Train. Uh, but um, they wouldn't give it up. Uh, so I went and uh, contacted Martin Bauer, the author of uh, the Taviana Terrain, uh, or Island, as we, as we call them, uh, on that side of the fence, uh, and I got his permission to use it uh, in, in the mod as long as I followed... The principle I told him was uh, that I was going to distribute it openly, that it wasn't a, you know, hold on to it and only let ourselves have it. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, um, uh, what did, what did Ben call it? Ian, Ian Banks, and then Ian Fernsby. He went by multiple names. Uh, fantastic gentleman, uh, worked on a lot of keyhole tools for us for the Survivor Games. Uh, put together Daisy Taviana with uh, the blessing of, uh, of course, of Dean. Uh, we got his permission to use Daisy Mod and modify it, as well as the uh, one of the things I really loved that I thought was just fantastic about Daisy Taviana was uh, Rocket's uh, Mall airplane, which is this white, like single-engine kind of Cessna airplane mm-hmm. uh, that we had on Taviana. That the propeller, uh, if it impacted uh, any any actor, uh, uh, any AI or player, uh, had uh, would spray blood all over the cabin and kill whoever the, the props hit. It was super, super fucking cool. Um, yeah, no, uh, we did that. We released uh, DaisyTaviana.com. We released the Daisy Taviana package and uh, quickly saw um, Daisy Taviana uh, be the number one non, um, non-Daisy, non like non-Trenaris, like the original Daisy, uh, the number one variant uh, server-wise. Yep. It had uh, Last I checked... Uh, the official Daisy mod had like 2,000 some odd servers, uh, and uh, Daisy Taviana had 500, and like the closest after that was like not even hitting 100. We we had a lot of success with it, and um, you know we did our best to take it seriously. We had a public uh, bug track software so people could report issues, 
Uh, we uh, made sure that uh, the packages were available for download and install. I worked with Josh uh, for, oh my God, what was Josh's tool? Daisy Commander. Yeah. Uh, to make sure we're up on Daisy Commander. It was a, it was a lot of drama uh, getting Daisy Taviana out there, but it was incredibly rewarding, and we had a lot of fucking awesome memories uh, playing Daisy Taviana. And later on, we used it for the Survivor Games. Any plans to bring it across to um, Standalone? Well, of course, that is entirely up to the author of the train, uh, Martin. Because uh, it's not like we can just take the package from uh, Arma and move it over. There's there's a lot of work that would need to be done on the base terrain mm -hmm. to get it to the standards that would be needed for Daisy. Uh, and it's it's really up to Martin. I've I've pinged him occasionally uh, to see you know what his thoughts were on it. And it's it's been back and forth. Uh, some stuff happened with the folks that did Daisy Origins that probably will mean we won't see anything on the Steam Workshop uh, ever. Uh, now you know Martin could change his mind, but that's that's where we're at. I even tried to convince Martin to to talk to Bohemia about you know uh, external uh, contractor work to to do terrain, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Martin. Um, but he doesn't, I think, I think the whole, uh, Daisy Origins, uh, thing back in the Daisy mod days really left a bad taste in his mouth. So I don't know about seeing Daisy Taviana, yep. um, at least on the workshop. I'm sure someone's going to come along and try to do some unauthorized stuff. Um, but, uh, not, not on the, not on the Steam Workshop. So what is it about Daisy that makes you love it so much? You've touched on it a little bit, but... Yeah, this game has been such a big part of your life from the moment you first started watching streamers play it, um, even until now. What is it that has so encaptured you? I'm going to have to say uh, it's the fact that, and and in hindsight, it, it definitely it, it wasn't what it wasn't this early on, but it certainly appeared that way. Uh, Daisy, much like Ultima Online and early Star Wars Galaxies, uh, is almost entirely driven by by emerging gameplay, by player-to-player -player interaction, by the unique experiences players have with the world. It's a it's a living, breathing world that doesn't say you have to do you know this, this, and this, and go to these places and achieve these tasks to play it. You can exist in Daisy. It is entirely what you make of it. The, the, the systems designed by designers and, and put out there are more to create the world and less to tell the player what they have to do. Yep. Sure, there's a drive. There's a drive to stay alive through combating the environment. But how you do that, you know, what happens throughout that adventure, it's entirely up to you and fucking a random dice roll. You know, dynamic events, the spawning of AI... Uh, you know, things you hear over the radio, none of that can be designed by a, a, a designer sitting in a room, uh, you know, typing something up in Confluence. It, it, is, it is the purest form for me of a virtual world right now. Yep. Uh, when you're in DayZ, you're in another place. You know, I, rarely when I'm playing DayZ do I feel, at least when DayZ works and I'm playing DayZ, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm playing a game. I feel like I'm in a place. That's a good way of putting it. I've never really thought about it that way, but that's how I feel as well. It's just 
what am I going to do? You know, there's nothing you have to do um, other than, you know, occasionally eat and drink, pretty much. Um, but it's what do you want to do? Do you want to be good? Do you want to be bad? Do you want to go this way? Do you want to go that way? Yeah, I like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, um, I guess the crux of it is, is that titles like that, they they need players without other players. And I know there's some out there that would disagree, and you know, to each their own. But I firmly believe that without other players, that's when Daisy falls apart. That's when it fails. Mm. You know, without that that interaction, whether it be over a radio or or over side chat or or person to person or through just the sounds of gunshots or or a vehicle driving away, without without that action from other players, the presence of other players, the world is just empty. Yeah, pretty much. Um, if you could add anything to the game, what would it be and why? Well, uh, if we're talking, uh, if we're talking, if I could make one last commit to the project, yeah, it would, okay. it would be to change the, uh, change, it's very simple, it would be to change the NHC uh, in in the mission, uh, so that every player starts with a radio and a battery. Yep, that simply would be it. Uh, if I was to add a mechanic, like if we're just talking, like you know, just you know, pie in the sky, you know, big sky thinking. Um, well. There's nothing I would add that hasn't already been documented and the team knows about. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't really elaborate past that because it's not my place to l leak information about what's upcoming or what. Yeah. Should be upcoming. Oh, you're gonna enjoy some of the viewer questions then. <laughs> hey, I, I'm. I will try to answer every question you pass my way. I honestly was half expecting you to you know say what? to make Actually, all... Sorry, go for it. Now that I think about it, uh, there is one system uh, that you can see right now, uh, very prototypey, uh, on point six three, that I would flesh out to the original intent I wanted, which is soft skills. Yep. Soft skills... And this is a call made by Peter, and it's his call to make. And I still... I'm eager to see what he does with it. But soft skills originally, and it could end up being this way. Who the fuck do I? What, what do I know? Um, was intended to, to be, to have more depth to it. And it was entirely because we, I, I and I, I say I, but we wanted to solve the problem of value to the character and not the gear. And we thought soft skills. There's a way to do that because the, 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 the really big thing about soft skills was it cannot ever replace player skills. So it's got to only deal with stuff that the player doesn't necessarily have control over the success or failure of, uh, so to speak. If you look at the old animation system like bandaging, it's really, it's, it's like a, a Boolean. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's true or false. The act has been completed or it hasn't. Yep. And there's a lot of depth in there. Pretty much uh, firing off an action, taking an action that's done entirely in a script and has nothing to do with, with player skill 
you can add depth simply by by instead of looking at it as, as a true false statement, a boolean, to look at it as a, as, as a float. Like, what is the success of this? Let's 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 dial it in. Sure, there's still a boolean there, and like, has this action been completed? But let's add some depth past that. Some some let's flesh that function out uh, so that uh, you know we're checking. Essentially, uh, you know, we're looking at the payload for the character in the database, and and how many times have they completed this? How many, you know, I, I don't want to get too technical here, but you know, every successful completion from a fresh character uh, of an action should increase by whatever range that might be defined in the script should increase the the uh, and I the increase the numeric value of the float. The float, the float value, a float being a a, a number mm-hmm. ending with a, a decimal, a fraction essentially. You could look at it like, uh, you know, uh, currency is, is dealt with in, in floats, one hundred dollars and seventy five cents, versus just an, uh, a straight number, an integer, which would be one hundred dollars. You know, um, adding that depth to to allow the character to, to incrementally increase the value with more precision. Maybe a failed action still gives you skill. Uh, but not as much, and that's where a float would come in over a straight number. Um, so that, oh man, I'm really going off uh, on a deep, on the deep end here. But the idea is is that let's take the ex- example of, of medical uh, actions, bandaging, uh, injecting with a, a, a needle, uh, transfusing blood, giving saline, those kind of things. These all should build your proficiency in the medical skill. And as you... Uh, the more that this character, the specific this character does it, the better they get. So maybe the quicker that action is performed, the quicker the animation goes, or maybe, uh, or, I say or, but maybe an additional, uh, uh, the more blood is transfused, or, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, you know, um, let's say maybe an initial bandage, <laughs> Uh, don't don't take me you know don't uh, don't take this as gospel. Maybe an initial bandage uh, has a, a chance for failure. You know, it's like a math dot random uh, range, uh, and it's it's like a dice roll. Is this in D and D? Is this a successful bandage? Uh, and you get you know above a certain number threshold, then it is. Uh, the more you bandage, the higher your proficiency in the, your character's proficiency in the medical skill goes up. So. Uh, the higher chance you have at a successful bandage. <clears throat> I apologize. This is the end of the day for me, uh, so I'm uh, and I, I just had a cigar and a lot of water, so I'm a little hyper. <laughs> but the point being is that I don't know if that's Peter's intent yeah. with the soft skill system. But if it isn't, that's where I would go. I would continue to flesh that out. But you have to also understand that uh, from Peter's perspective, he's also got to look at that this is a. 100% mod-friendly title, and does it make sense for DayZ to go down that far deep down the route, or does it make sense to do the soft touch, essentially uh, presenting the framework there for it to be expanded upon later on? Who knows? But uh, yeah, I would, I would. Uh, there's, there's two answers there. If we're talking about one last commit to the project, I would make sure every player responds to the radio battery talking about fleshing out or adding the system, I would take soft skills and go much farther with it. Would you still like to make all the community, ser- oh, sorry, all the official service first person? Uh, it doesn't matter how much I uh, I want that. It's just never, never happened. We had that conversation <laughs> very early on. 
And a lot of the team, especially designers, uh, were very supportive of it. Um, but uh, the CEO was not, and it's his it's his company. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, you know, looking at it, uh, taking my own emotional feelings about it, my own feeling of the of the play session, and how the the title plays, uh, it is better to offer choice. You know, that's why. Uh, that's why. Yeah, you. you uh, good point. You did say the community server or the official servers. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think I have any right, and I don't think the de- the development team has any right to remove third person gameplay, and I don't think we did from day one because there's a lot of people that love Daisy, and a lot of those people love playing it in third person, but making all the official servers first person only doesn't restrict people's ability to play third person Daisy. Yeah. I do I do absolutely love first and that's why the survivor games went first person honestly. Yep. Is because it is a much more tense experience. It is. It's the only way to play Daisy in my opinion. I've dabbled in third person but it's first person all the way. It's just so much more enjoyable. Okay. It's scary as fuck. Oh yeah. What video sums up Daisy the best for you? What's a video you've seen on YouTube that you just thought, wow, this really sums up Daisy? Well, there's two. I'm going to say two because it's like the yin and the yang, you know, the, yep. the heads and the tails. Uh, on one hand, it would be Mr. Blackout's uh, series. His, and I say series, but I mean, you just watch the first video of the series and get a taste. Diaries uh, or the original, well, Diaries. Yep. I love hardcore, but if I was to say sums up, it would be Diaries. And then on the inverse, uh, it would be the social experiment. Jam's first social experiment. Mm-hmm. Those two are the, the yin and the yang of Daisy. You've got, you know, Blackout being the, the friendly adventurer. You know, as I once described him... Uh, Frankie on PC and 1080p for Daisy standalone. Yeah. He he he's. I always felt that Blackout was was Daisy's Frankie. You know, the ubiquitous good guy adventurer. And then you've got Jam, who's just he's you know he's chaotic. Uh, what's the term? Uh, he's uh, chaotic good. Uh, if we're looking at you know. D&D definitions. Oh, I would I would potentially even go chaotic neutral for him. He kind of does what he wants to when he wants. Now, now. Uh, back then I would say Jam was chaotic good. Nowadays, definitely chaotic neutral, maybe sometimes a little bit chaotic evil, depending yeah. on how his day's been going. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like, you know, that, that first social experiment video and, and, and Blackout's early diaries really summed up Daisy for me. Anyone of late who's really standing out for you? Well, I got to say Beck Beans. Uh, it's not necessarily Daisy gameplay, but Beck Beans videos have definitely stood out for me. I don't know if you've caught them. No, I haven't. Uh, I tweeted one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, I will, uh, I'll make sure to send him over your way. Yep. He's, in fact, I think he plays on Doug. He's South African, I believe, unless he's doing a really Yes, yes, the guy, the role-play one. The role-play video where he was talking about um, how he got betrayed, betrayed after he finally went good. Yes, 
That guy was amazing. Yeah. That was absolutely amazing. He, I did see that tweet of yours and I replied to it. I said, the beautiful part of it is I don't know whether he's serious or whether he was role-playing. <laughs> it, it's, it's, he's, he's got a character almost. I don't know if that's just who Beck is in his day-to-day life. Yep. Um, but it's, it's really good. He did a follow-up, by the way. You should check out his YouTube channel. He did a follow-up. Um, but uh, I've, I've got to say, uh, you know, no offense to, to Septic or Jake or all the fantastic content creators out there, but my heart is always for Renee. Oh, barely infected. That's only because he saved yeah, you from Renee the two is, big bullies, Renee. FT and the Running Man. No, I've always loved Renee, and I think it's just because I've lost a lot of faith in humanity over over the last four or five years, especially over the last two. Uh, but I feel like Renee is genuinely a good person. Yeah. I have never seen Renee do something where I, I don't. He's the fucking Mister Rogers of Day Z. I don't know if you know who Mister Rogers is. <laughs> yeah, I do. Renee is Mister Rogers from the Netherlands. He's a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, he really, he really is. Big question for you. Status reports. What do you think of them, honestly? I think I almost regret starting them. Yeah? Um, they caused a lot of stress for me. People might not realize it, but every time a status report came out, you know, uh, I, I was I was there reading the reaction instantly. Um, you know, the status report started because I wasn't happy with the almost non-existent communication that the Daisy Dev team put out, mm-hmm. it was completely random. Whenever any someone felt like it, we could go months without uh, without sending any new stuff out, and uh, uh, I wasn't happy with it. And I saw uh, the reports that were being put out by some friends of mine over at uh, Portalarium, uh, Richard Garriott's company, and I thought, you know, we should do something like that. And really, the funny thing about the status reports was that uh, I pitched it originally to Dean, and Dean was not uh, into it and wanted to continue just doing it whenever he felt like it. And I waited until he was out of town because he had a business trip uh, for something, I think, for Ion. Uh, and he was in London, and uh, you know, I was like, fuck it. You know, what's, what's he going to do, fire me? So uh, we put out our first status report, and uh, I just waited. I didn't say anything about it to Dean. I just waited to hear if I'd get yelled at. And was a couple days went by, and he was like, oh, I caught the, I caught the status report. That was pretty cool. I was like, well, that sounds like consent to me. <laughs> What's that saying? Um, it's easier to beg forgiveness than to ask permission. Exactly, exactly. I, I like your philosophy there, mate. I really do. That's very smart. That, uh, that works. But yeah, in general, um, I don't know. Uh, I have I have to believe there's people out there that enjoy it. And don't believe it, Brian. Know it. There are so many of us who, even now, we still hang out every Tuesday for the status report. The problem is, and people will say, just ignore the criticism, just ignore the negative Nancys. It's just not human nature to do that, and it's a lot fucking harder than you, than than uh, what people would insinuate it being, especially when it's such it's it's such a cornerstone 
of I think it's still still biweekly. It's such a cornerstone for for those that have to contribute to it. Yeah. And it was always like pulling, you know, pulling teeth to get data for the status report. Um, maybe because I just didn't want to be a dick about it, but I, I thought it was much more important that people focus on moving the project forward. And and a lot of times I felt I felt like I had to protect the team. Yep. Because you know we're just we're 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 in the middle of in the middle of nowhere globally as far as like you know the dispersion of the user base for Daisy. You know, Central Europe, inland city, uh, in in a, a unique culture. You know, there's this one country I'm aware of that speaks Czech as its primary language, and it's the Czech Republic, and it is a tiny nation in the scheme of the world. And you know, the culture is very different uh, than than you know, where I'm from or where you're from. And I wanted the team to have the passion uh, that I knew that they had every day, but fucking reactions to status reports were just demoralizing it was back and forth all over the place you know people would say oh you know we just want you know, they want, want the truth and don't sugarcoat it you know I, I the reality of software development is sometimes it takes fucking weeks for anything to happen sometimes it's an explosive week you know mm-hmm. it's 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 not it's not it's not like you can that it's not like a television show where you're going to get something new every time an episode comes out sometimes you know what? No news. It's been a slog. Uh, and, you know, I tried the reality, being honest uh, a couple times about that. Oh, my God, people were angry. <laughs> Holy shit, people were angry. Uh, you know, so you, you try to squeeze screenshots out because people, do they want to see something new? Um, but if you, if, you, if you tell them, like, it's, you know... This is just a this is just a mesh you're looking at a textured mesh or this is just an, an animation laid over the base skeleton. Uh, you know the reality is many things could change. It might not work out. Don't 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 so oh, for fuck's sake don't say that to people. They get very angry and and oh man, I don't know, boy. It's you want to share things you're excited about, but I feel like the vast majority of the people that would comment on the status reports or get angry if something's not ready they don't i don't know if they're necessarily qualified to understand what they're looking at it's it's the disconnect it's like office space have you seen office space no i haven't the film office space it's a it's a mike judge film classic uh mid 90s uh you know technology company there was a guy in there who had to justify his job to these people coming in efficiency experts uh and his job was to be a pass between between the engineers and the customers. Because engineers don't talk to customers and customers don't understand engineers. And the, the efficiency experts are like, why can't the customers just talk to the engineers? And it's like, because they're not people per, or, or, per, people persons. Like, the engineers can't talk to customers. What I do is important. <laughs> and the reality is, you know, your average consumer, and to make it very clear, average consumer, game player, gamer, has no responsibility to understand how software is developed it is not on them to do that but they the average uh you know gamer hasn't gone through uh the the full life cycle of a, of a project and the reality of it the ebbs and flows the highs and the lows uh 
and I guess this is where PR departments come in, but I always felt maybe it's because I came from the community, but it was PR, PR guys and PR departments. It's disingenuous. They make these trailers. They, 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 they cherry pick things. You're getting a curated view. And I always felt like the Daisy development team was closer to its community than a PR department would allow. And I didn't want to give that up. You know, I didn't want to give the close connection up despite the cost that the dem just absolute demoralization of those who contributed the status reports would be subject to on a dice roll. You know, some, sometimes a status report would be well received. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the status report wouldn't. Sometimes two months would go by and obviously a feature that was shown in the status report isn't out yet. Why isn't it out yet? Was it a lie? You know, it's, it's like an abusive relationship sometimes, but I didn't want to let a, I didn't want to let a PR department get in there and 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 muddle things and get between the connection between the developers and the 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 community. Yeah, and I don't know if that was the right decision. You know, it was a decision I made. What's your biggest gripe with Daisy? Well, I feel like it's going away. Uh, it was server performance. Yep. And most most people that played Daisy had no idea how fucking horrible the server performance was for the entirety of the project. We were always just barely skirting by on releases, and I would spend so much time. Poor David, David Durchek, the project lead for Daisy. I would spend so much time being like, David, I need you to understand how critical server performance is for Daisy. We cannot leave early access with it in the state it was in. Any given day, it would be somewhere between 6 and 20 if we were really lucky. And 20 is where the simulation starts falling apart in the first place. Uh, and we're such a server-dependent uh, title. Like, users might get... How do I put this? You might see what you think is just Daisy being a piece of shit because things aren't working right or... Uh, you know, projectiles aren't being tracked where they're supposed to be, or uh -huh. you're hitting your hotbar and, and and things aren't responding when they're supposed to be. It's it's entirely because it's server authoritative, and with poor server performance, something that looks fucking fantastic with one to ten players or in in local tests breaks down. And it's not because the system is is wrong. It's not because the design is wrong. It's because the server is shitting itself. And uh, it's going away, though, because, I mean, have you seen the server performance lately? It's the numbers? Like, uh, I just I've saw a tweet Jake from, um, yeah, there was the one from uh, Jake saying about the frames he's getting. Um, and another one of the PvP servers um, that's got 100 slots saying their server is running like butter. So, yeah. It's fucking insane. I never thought this day would come. This is like wake, it's like going to bed, being an average guy, after having an exercise bar or taking a diet pill and waking up in your Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. It's insane. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. I'm so proud of them. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's, oh, God, I, I can't tell you how huge this is for Daisy and how much how much room it gives for modding. Oh, it's fantastic. What are you looking forward to the most in Daisy? Helicopters. <laughs> I love the way you said that then. It was, really it was like, like a little kid, kind of. 
Helicopters. Do I dare mention that word? Helicopters. And to be clear, I don't mean like, you know, 100 helicopter servers. I'm like one or two, maybe, you know, yeah. in the base gang, you know, like like it used to be. And like you find a, a, a helicopter and that is the, you have reached the top of the daisy food chain. This is as good as it gets. Like fixing that bird up. You're you're a god among men. You know, mm. I, I cannot wait for that. What about in regards to modding? New terrain, honestly. Uh, yeah, I've, I had good friends, uh, content creators on Twitch. You know, uh, Kenny Cream, telling me, you know, I had a great time in Daisy, but I just, I, I can't, I can't play any more Chinaris, Brian. There's nothing I could do about that. You know, it took years for the the environment team to get Chinaris where it is now, which is fucking amazing, by the way. But uh, terrain modders will bring new terrain, and I cannot wait to explore a new world in Daisy. Has your style of play changed at all? If so, how and why? I think so. Uh, in the mod, I still didn't consider myself a bandit. In fact, uh, much to the dismay of many of the, the old QN guys, I would subject them to what I called uh, Robin Hood trips down to the coast where we defend uh, fresh bonds from bandits and give them gear. <laughs> um I was far more of a PvP player back then. Yep. Uh, way more. And uh, maybe it's just because I feel more of a sense of ownership of how Daisy is played uh, than I did when I played the mod. But um, I spend f way more time um, trying to be nice to people and help them out uh, just across the map um, and going on adventures of hunting and and uh, trying to set up a camp uh, than I ever did back then. Uh, back then, it was it was all about action, and now it's more about being a part of the world. I think. Have you tried any of the new PvP servers that are out now? The modded ones where you spawn with gear and at a set location. Uh, aside from closed tests, I did. I think I was. I, I, in fact, I know I was the first hundred uh, person server up uh, for the first day. I think uh, after the server tools came out. Aside from me fucking around with seeing how um, the the mission is handled and the offline economy is handled, uh, because that was not a thing when I left. Um, aside from that, you know, like I I set everybody to spawn in Electro and gave them all guns. No. No, uh, you know I'm I'm glad people are able to do that and have a fucking blast, guys. But that's not. Forgive me for saying this. I'm not trying to gatekeep. Daisy is what whatever you want it to be, but for me, that is not Daisy. I'm, I I understand exactly what you mean. Daisy is more than just killing people. But for those like myself who suck at killing people, those servers are going to be very very helpful because now I can actually. Like just playing around well, for a couple of hours, it gave me some really invaluable experience in learning how the mechanics. Because it's it's a yeah. lot more complicated now shooting. It's like a, it's almost like a, a shooting range. Hmm. I guess you could say those servers, it's like yeah. a, a, a you know a tutorial, a combat tutorial. Yep. Where you can go and learn these mechanics and get better at them without having to be a bandit. That's yeah. your point. Okay. Last question, how many people do you reckon there is per server? Uh, 
75 to 100. 75 to uh, I, th- I don't think it can be less than 75. And I yep. think more than 100, and then it starts to get a little chaotic. Okay, we are going to do the rapid-fire questions now. So just say the first thing that comes into mind when I ask you a question. You ready? Yep. Favorite long-range weapon? Winchester. Least favorite long-range weapon? Mosin. Favorite automatic weapon? M4. Least favorite auto weapon? MP5. KOS? Um, Not unless they don't have a mic. (laughs) No mic, no life. (laughs) First person or third person? First person. Favorite server? Doug. Doug US. Favorite place on the map? Uh, this is going to seem, in fact, there's not a name for it. There is a tree uh, to the east, uh, mid-east of the northeast, or the northwest airfield. A uh, single tree that if you look at the original Survivor Games, the first Survivor Games event, not the Hunger Games, the first Survivor Games, Survivor Games 1, that tree is where we started the event. And that tree has got to be my favorite place. I every time I pass near there, I have to stop and see the tree. It has a, a lot of memories for me. Public or private service? Private nowadays. <laughs> you said that with such regret, Brian. Why? Well, because I want public service to be viable, but it's just because there's no sense of community there, right? Yeah. Uh, because that sense of community lacks, it tends to be far more bandity. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, I've got three marry fuck kills for you. I did it last uh, interview with um, Spaggy, and everyone seemed to enjoy it, and I thought of three that I can do for you. Are you ready to marry fuck and kill people? This is... Really difficult because I hired a lot of those people, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> well, you didn't hire all of these people, but we'll start with some that you may have hired. Marry, fuck, kill, Eugen, Peter, Sumrak. Oh, oh, um, marry Peter. Marry he's, Peter. He's, oh, fuck yes. Peter is the closest thing I've ever had to a brother from another mother. Yep. We have thrown things across the office in anger, argued, we've cried together, we've hugged. I, 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 he's, he is family to me, so definitely marry Peter. Um, it's going to make Adam so uncomfortable, but Adam <laughs> is so, so skilled. He is a fucking artist, so I would definitely fuck Adam. And I kill you, because, uh, you know... Uh, he, he's done a lot of great things, yep. uh, and uh, he is a personal hire, um, and we've gone through our ups and downs, but God damn, he has pissed me off sometimes. So definitely kill you. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, and I just want to apologize to both his cat and his, his lovely girlfriend. Yeah. It's nothing personal. Mary fuck kill Renee FT, the running man. 
Oh, uh, well, I definitely marry Renee because I mean that you know if you marry Renee, he's going to take care of you for the rest of your life. He will always be by your side. Uh, and uh, FT is just such a a naughty little bitch. Uh, definitely fuck FT. And uh, you know what, Paul? You've got it coming. I would kill Paul. <laughs> You and a lot of people, I reckon. And the last three... I mean, I love the guy. Oh, yeah. Mate, I love Paul as well. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, these interviews are becoming son synonymous with me hanging shit on him, but um, he knows I love him. <laughs> the last three, Mr. Moon, Jam Jar, and Mr. Blackout. I would absolutely marry Mr. Blackout. If I... Listen, if I was into guys... I don't know if I'm allowed to use his actual name because I don't know if he's ever told anybody. So let's just say Blackout. I would definitely marry Blackout um, because right up there with Peter, like we've gone through so much shit together. There was a time when the two of us didn't speak because I got so upset when I saw him bandit someone. I was so disappointed in him. <laughs> we didn't talk for almost six months. Wow. He's... He's an amazing guy, and I am very lucky to call him my friend. Uh, it, I would uh, – Jesus, oh, this is difficult because there are pros and cons uh, on the next two, like fucking them. Uh, <laughs> forgive me. I think I almost got a little emotional over the whole blackout stuff. It's just – he's a very dear friend to me. Um So, Moon, Moon would do the weird stuff. You you just know he would. Yes. He just would make you not tell anybody about it. Whereas Jam, Jam would, Jam would treat me like a dirty little whore and make me like it. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you put way too much thought into this, Brian. <laughs> I've known these people very, very, very well for a very long time. Yeah. I would fuck Jam because you know what? He needs a good loving. And I would kill Moon specifically because that's what you fucking get for being such a bandit, Moon. That's what you get. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well done, mate. Well done. You you finally got there. It was a hard, I think that was the hardest of the three of them, wasn't it? It really was. It really was because like, I, I, I have way outside the game uh have very close relationships and throughout the years with all three of the men you listed uh you know they they know way more about my personal life and i know more about theirs than most anybody i've ever dealt with around video games yep. so it was it was a difficult three to pick okay so now let's hit my favorite part of the interview because this is where i actually get to sound intelligent the viewer questions. And I'm going to start off with your down-under brother. Who do you reckon that could be? It's got to be Vidge. It is. The one, the only vigilante gamer. So he says, you might have already had this question. He's wondering how you're feeling after leaving the project. Personally, he said he thinks it was a good decision mainly for your personal happiness. He reckons you gave 110% to the project. You were accessible to fans, and some people took advantage of that, and by taking advantage, he means acting like shit cunts. Ah, yes, shit cunts, yeah. So. <laughs> um, 
I mean, he's right. It needed to happen for my own my own Sanity. health. Um, I kind of, oh, I definitely not actually health. My, I uh, I went to the doctor afterwards. Um, <laughs> amusingly, looking at my physical uh, pre uh, Daisy and post Daisy, my fucking blood pressure is. Not doing well. Not let's let's put it this way. I, I got I got put on BP medication uh, after I left AZ. Um, I mean, on yeah, his points are correct. On the other hand, on the other hand, there there are there are times that I really wish I could, you know, jump in and and contribute to the project again. Yep. I don't know. I I think it was my time. I think it was my time and I think I've done everything I can and it's really just it's the dirty work of uh, crossing the finish line that's left. I, I don't know. I'm conflicted about it. I'm clearly conflicted about it. Uh, it needed to happen for my health, um, but I, 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 I certainly am conflicted about it at times. I mean, I don't think they need me. This much is clear looking at the state of the build we're on right now. But... I mean, as as a game developer, as a designer, the, the sheer nature of, like, fuck, I wish I could just get my hands dirty, like, you know, and, and make commits again and, and, you know, help the team out, help Peter out. But it's, I went through all the trouble to get the vast majority of them hired, uh, and so I should, I should be comfortable knowing that they're the ones at the helm. Yep. He also says a lot of people are surprised of how long development is taking. He asks, um, does Bohemia Interactive Management feel the same? Was there or is there now increasing pressure from the bosses um, to deliver? Well, um, obviously, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident I'm still under a non-disclosure agreement. But I can say this much. Um, It, it's it's definitely taken its time. I don't think it's by any means an absurd amount of time. It's more time than any of us expected, myself included. Uh, and I am confident. I don't know. That's the wrong word. Yeah, there's there's pressure, uh, and there's there's been pressure. And what that pressure is, and who it's from, it's neither my place to say nor nor can I say. Yeah. Um, I think the most pressure is probably from the community itself. Yeah, probably. Pressure uh, in terms of Bohemian Interactive versus pressure in terms of, I don't know, EA are two completely different animals. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's, that's a good thing. There's definitely pressure. Um, and I, Fuck it, I'll just say it. Uh, it has no business hitting 1.0 uh, this year um, yep. at all. Um, I can't speak for anybody else. That is my personal opinion. 
Yeah. Uh, the progress that's being made is fucking outstanding. The team is kicking ass. It is better now than it ever has been. But realistically, it there's no fucking way uh, that it will be in the 1.0 state that I, Dean, anybody on the team uh, wanted it to be. Uh, yeah. Why that is, I don't know. I'm not there anymore. Um, but I, I can say this much. I'm very confident that where it will be when it hits 1.0 is the absolute fucking best it could be uh, at that day and date. Uh, because there's no one, no one that works on Daisy that I'm aware of uh, is in the business of phoning it in at all. I, I've, I've seen these people at their best and their worst, and they are going to work themselves to death damn near uh, to get it as good as they can by the time it leaves early access. Okay. The next question is from a regular Wolfgeist. It's sort of, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you've answered it. Um, what do you think of the talk of Daisy launching in 2018? Um, so you kind of answered that one already. So we'll go to his next question, which is Daisy critics love to bring up the infamous 2015 roadmap. Can you briefly talk about what happened in development to cause such a large error in the estimate? <laughs> uh, I'm not in the business of throwing any, anybody under the bus, um, uh, nor am I in the business of violating non-disclosure agreements. But yeah. I will say this much. I never wanted to do roadmaps with time on them, ever. Yeah. But I'm not my own boss, and I never was. Okay. What was the most difficult time in Daisy development for you? Well, launch was insanely difficult. Uh, we launched without an anti cheat, um, and uh, the staff was a skeleton crew um, to the point of uh, I would routinely be uh, up until four, five, six in the morning. After, on a work night, you know, I'd work all day, go home and continue to work, trying to, I would do, I had to do shit like manually change the uh, X, Y, Z uh, position of, uh, of cheaters I would catch on random live streams uh, to the fucking ocean uh, to try <laughs> and, and, and punish them in some way. I would put them out like, you know, 30 minutes out to sea. It was insane. I would I'd be up all night fucking doing this. I'd be scrubbing cheat forms. I'd it oh god, it was so stressful. And while I'm doing all this, um I've still got to deal with there was there was folks over on uh, I think it was was it the BI Studio forums, the Armaholics forums that were trying to accuse me of stealing uh the stuff that was in Daisy Taviana. Uh so I and, and trying to and, and it was being taken serious by Bohemia as a as a as a modding company. So I had to dig up old screenshots and uh, old hard drives from my PCs at the time I did it so I could give them the hard evidence, like, look at this, this text, this email, this DM. This is hard fucking consent proof uh, to get that shut down. So I was dealing with that. You know, my relationship at the time with my living girlfriend wasn't doing too good because I was, you know, 20 hours a day uh, working. Um, and, you know, I didn't speak the language and I didn't have any friends around. It was, it was... And then uh, probably second, yeah, oh yeah, uh, second to that would be uh, right around the time of Dean's departure. Um, it was it was very difficult, and not because of anything Dean did, 
Uh, but just my relationship with Bohemia, uh, Daisy's relationship with Bohemia, it was it was it was rough. It was it was it was like you know your parents splitting up. Um, but we got through it. You know, we got through it. Yeah. What are some ideas and designs that you guys came up with behind the scenes, but never left the office? Well, um, obviously, a lot I can't mention because of non-disclosure and because it would be a real dick move to Peter and the team. Yep. Um, but I could probably let me think of some stuff that I I know will never happen. Um, well, there's the infamous. Oh, 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 oh. You've mentioned it before. One that I can think of straight away off the top of my head was the infamous mocap of um, uh, Dean Hall doing bodily motions. <laughs> I got to get that footage. It's there somewhere. I've got to talk to the to the folks that run the mocap lab. It's you know the data doesn't disappear. Um, I never left the office. Uh, oh. Huh. Um, okay, uh, I'm pretty confident this isn't going to happen. It'll more than likely happen from, maybe from a mod. Uh, Peter and I spent a lot of time talking about um, the process uh, and uh, effects of, uh, of uh, essentially how we wanted to take the, the flies and improve upon them uh, and the decay of, of bodies as well as the skinning and cutting up of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to do multiple states of the container, uh, the mesh and textures for the container, so that like there's a body, uh, and the body you know has some states it changes through based upon the lifetime tracked in the economy, uh, to where it, it slowly rots away. N- nothing Last of Us beautiful smooth transition, but you know the as long as a player isn't drawing it on screen and it reaches a certain lifetime, they can swap the mesh out. So instead of just a stay, straight body, it's a body that's been rotting a bit. And then the next state to that, of course, would be just the bones, and then it disappears. That kind of stuff. We did talk about that, um, and I, I, I don't think it ever got documented, so I, I don't think I'm uh, you know, spoiling anything for anybody. I don't, yeah. I don't think that that's happening. But it was, it was, it was pretty cool. What is your dream feature for Daisy? Helicopters. <laughs> I just love the way you say that. I'm going to turn that into a soundbite. I might send it off to that guy who does all the um, uh, Daisy songs. LK, uh, see if he can't work something out for it for you. A Brian Hicks song. Helicopters. <laughs> Um, he asked this one, and you can feel free to pass on oh. this one if you want. Oh, there we go. Well, they are not. Uh, they're not. They're not saving the, the time state. <laughs> no. I was also interested to see uh, the fireplace uh, disappeared as well. I was wondering if that was going to still be there, but no, it's gone. Yeah, I don't know how they have this server set up, so Mm. God knows. Okay, so we were still on Wolf Guy's questions. 
Um, what are some disagreements or conflicts that uh, you you have had with other DayZ developers? Um, oh yeah, disagreements or conflicts. Um, well, Peter and I have uh, had a. I'll just use the most recent. Um, Peter and I have had an ongoing conversation. Uh, you know, because I stay in touch about uh, radios and the existence of you know uh, spawning with them as a player and the existence of a of a remotely long distance uh, voice and or text uh, communication and it's Im impacts on uh, the gameplay of Daisy and and you know its pros and cons. Uh, Peter and I uh, we're on different sides of the fence on this one, but to his credit, you know he's he's hearing me out. Uh, aside from that. Um, I did have a disagreement uh, with, you know, I don't want to name anybody, this isn't a name and shame, but one of our designers about soft skills, uh, and his primary concern was uh, was that um, he was afraid that it would make players more angry when they die, like yep. that, that frustration would skyrocket, and it, it is a valid concern, I just, I feel like Death is a part of Day Z, you know. Yeah, it's a whole new Anyways. um factor. The, you know, people always tell you don't worry about gear fear, but then there's soft skill fear as well. You'll lose all those soft skills. That'll make people yeah. modify well, I mean, their playstyle. I, I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. So there was the whole thing tied to when we first put handcuff handcuffs in. What's the point of even continuing if someone's handcuffed me? Like constantly trying to drive that. It, adding the uh, the the association the value to your character and not just your gear yep um he also asks how did overly negative criticism affect the morale of the team now you've talked a bit about it for yourself but what was it like for the team well, i mean i can't speak for them necessarily uh i can say having been in that position where I felt like, you know, I had to protect them from stuff like that. Uh, but it's the internet. They're going to see it by protect them. I mean, you know, be the person that slogs out there and has to respond to it. Uh, so they don't feel like they have to jump in and, and get into this big argument and have people pile drive on them. Uh, fortunately, most of the really negative criticism the shit that just gains a lot of traction not all the time but most of the time it was as my you know my grandfather would say full of malarkey it was just straight bullshit like if you follow daisy development he knew like most of it was wildly inaccurate um the times that it was inaccurate or was accurate i should say um there hasn't been a single time where negative feedback comes through and it's something we're like, no, you're wrong. If negative feedback comes through, like really negative feedback, and it's got like, it's got some traction and people are agreeing with it, I'd say there's a 99% chance that the developers themselves agree. But the reality of software development and the reality of, of the business of game development often means that it's not that black and white, you know. Yeah. I, I doubt you'll you'll see any. I mean, there might be one or two times, but. For the most part, you're never going to run across something where, like, everybody or, or some people are just really, really mad, and they have a valid point that we disagree with them. I say we. I'm not 
part of the team anymore. The, the team disagrees with them. Uh, the only time that it, that the really negative feedback that still gains criticism is stressful or infuriating is when it's stuff that's just categorically fucking untrue. Or, 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 Brian, or that never designed... happens. Brian, what, what <laughs> are you doing, mate? You're going to get or called out on this. You're lying. It, <laughs> maybe. Or designed to make it seem like um, to, to minimize things, you know, like the like uh, example, the, the build, I think it was, it was 6-1 that put out uh, the, the enhanced uh, Trinar strain. And there was a bunch of videos like, lol, you know, four years for trees. It's not four fucking years for trees. This is one build that happened to come along. Just because this didn't come along and until year four doesn't mean it took four years to do it. It's Oh, good. My, my personal favorite of late has been the, wow, they added dynamically spawning mushrooms. Yes, yes. If you if you fucking understand how how mm, the importance of a function, it, w what the output of the function is, is not as important as whether or not that function ingests and outputs variables that you need it to, in in combined with the other systems that you need it to. Whether it spawns a giant pile of shit or a mushroom doesn't matter, but the <laughs> dynamic spawning is working. Yeah. What we do with it now that it's working. Sky's the fucking limit, but oh, it's just yeah. yeah. Okay, he also asks in a Reddit comment, you hinted that Daisy could use some additional resources from Bohemia Interactive. Can you elaborate on that a bit for him? Um, I can't go into details, but I can say that there's been countless times throughout Daisy's development uh, where she, we, the team definitely could have benefited from you know rolling over some folks. Uh, from the Arma team, you know, uh, once they're in sustainment or their latest DLC is pushed off yep. instead of working on something else, like lump them on to the team. But again, I'm not a studio manager, and it was never my responsibility, nor do I have any experience managing an entire studio. So I don't want to come across like, oh, I have the answer here. There's probably a lot of shit that I didn't see, much like there's a lot of stuff that the average community member doesn't see on the relative inside uh, Daisy development or game development. There's probably a whole myriad of shit that I haven't had to deal with or had hands-on experience with in the management of a studio. So I don't want to necessarily throw anyone under the bus. I will say that as a developer, as as the uh, the the lead on Daisy, it would have been one of the leads on Daisy. It would have been very helpful, but uh, it didn't happen. What's a challenge with development that most people don't seem to understand? Uh, that it's <laughs> unlike many things, uh, must much of game development, I'm not gonna say all game development, but much of game development is, is not as formulaic as they think it is. It's not put X time in and you get this out every time. Like, it's a giant experiment in many ways, you know, uh, especially when you're doing your own engine. Like, I want to do this. We can, I'm sure we can get there, especially in areas where we know other engines have gotten there, but how long it's actually going to take us and what problems we're going to run into along the way. We don't know that when we start it. We can do risk assessment. We can analyze experience on our own and, and, uh, analyze the risk from postmortems from other uh, similar attempts, um, but 
every uh, every snowflake is different, so to speak. You know? Yeah. Uh, and and often folks don't quite get that. Like, why did you, why isn't this done yet? Or why did you tell us about this and it's not done yet? Well, yeah, we thought it would be this long. It's actually this long. Okay. Um, what's a design choice that was implemented into DayZ that you disagree with or don't like? Well. Um, it would be that I, uh, I don't like and I disagree with, but it's my own decision. Uh, and it just happens to be one I'm, I would really like reversed. Uh, but maybe I was just too good of a salesman for it internally. Um, the long and the short of it is I, I do agree with the decision to nuke side chat and all variants of it. Yep. I agree with that decision. Uh, I think it was mine. It might have been Dean's. I think it was mine, though. I agree with that. However, I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I have the experience now uh, through both Daisy and other projects, including you know experience writing mods for Five M for the GTRP community. Uh, that has a lot to do with the dispersion of players across a large world. I really wish players spawned with a radio. You could say radio and a battery, but we could easily just go in and detach the, the handheld radio from the power system. Um, Daisy is entirely driven, as I said before, by player interaction. And it, it, Trenaris Plus is a massive fucking terrain. For 60 players, and, and, and the environment team did an amazing job of making it interesting almost everywhere, almost everywhere. Um, for 60 players across that huge terrain with constant things pulling them in every direction and no method of long-range communication, you, you will almost always suffer from way too long lulls of player interaction. And what keeps people playing DayZ? What drives the crazy moments, the stories that are shared? It is the shit that happens when players encounter other players. And we have, we have encapsulated them in this 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 almost soundproof chamber at times with the sheer distance of of the world and adapting the player spawns is not going to change that that much it will help a little bit but it won't change it that much the second they leave the coast and the economy the economy is designed to get them to do that the second they leave the coast the wall goes up again and the radios are fucking brilliant i we would stroke of genius on the team for this that it is it is both limited by distance and and battery life and 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 it's opt in. You can opt out of it if you don't want to deal with it, but it yep. should be there. It should be an option from the second you spawn in. It should be turned on from the second you spawn in. I think at the very least, it should be a, a, a server config variable that can be turned on and off, much like much like the the map. It's another system I think we got wrong and we can do better on. Yep. Radios, more than anything, are so fucking key to Daisy reaching its potential. That long-range communication and the, the handheld transceiver and the long-distance, the, the base station radio and, the, and the, the transmitter at TC, these are all so beautifully done and, and have so much potential, and they're just being fucking neglected because it is more of a hassle now to, to utilize them than it is... Uh, a, a positive. It's not worth the time, almost. Like, I really disagree with the fact that we don't spawn uh, radios 
Maybe they're going to change their mind because you only need to look at the promo trailer they did for Xbox where the bloke wakes up on the beach and one of the first things he finds is that uh, body, body which has a radio body, on it. Body, body, body. I can say that the folks that would make that decision have no fucking idea who made that trailer. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's a big company at this point. Bohemia is not the size that it used to be. Yeah. I don't even know who made that trailer. Like, I don't think they even know me. Or Dean. Yeah. Okay, so Wolf Guy says he's going to stop there. He could keep going, though. He just says, thanks, Brian. We love you. Um, the next questions are from VoidStyle7. He says, yo, Brian, hope all is well. I have two questions. Well, he actually has three. Um, why did you leave at such a weird time? It was just before 6.3 got released you left. The biggest step forward in the game since the beginning. It almost makes it seem like you didn't agree or like the direction they were going. Why else would someone highly invested leave the company at such a critical time? And this is something I know a lot of people have talked about. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they have. But it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of things in play here that I, I think they're not seen. Um, first off, uh, it might have seemed an odd time for the community from their perspective because they didn't have the build yet. But you have to understand, I had seen .63. I had seen it for quite some time. I knew where it was. I knew the hurdles it had in front of it, the successes it had made. My confidence was at an all-time high. I kind of wish I'd stuck around a little bit longer to get my hands a little dirtier with Enscript and the migration of things from SQF over to it because I think it could have had a lot of fun. Um, but it was the right time for both me and the project. Internally, Internally, creative direction stopped being as needed as straight, raw, systemic design work and leading the design team. And that is Peter's job, not mine. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't – I think it was the right time. Yeah, I don't think it was an odd time. I think it just looked that way from the outside. On the inside, things looked a lot different. You have to understand – that the internal, the, the, the main trunk is often months and months ahead of what the users see on the branch that is Steam. So yeah. things looked a lot different uh, and probably still do, but uh, for me at that point. And I was, I was confident. And, you know, I also got to look at my health. You know, I felt good about the project. I felt good about the team, and my health was not doing good. And I was homesick, and I, to a degree, was at my wit's end with Bohemia, you know, as a company, the management, not the team. You know, I was old guard, and, and, uh, and you know, they were thinking future, and I don't know. I just, it, it, it felt right. And as much as I wish I had spent more time with Enscript, um, or Infusion script, or Enforce script, whatever they're fucking calling it now. Um, yeah, it, it, it was good. Plus, let me tell you, having been on the outside when the server files dropped and what we could do with it, that was the closest I have come to feeling like I did on Daisy Mod uh, in years. That was a great fucking time. That's why I had the first 100-person server up. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, holy shit. This is the new scripting language. It's plugged in to uh, it, the. It's plugged into the player. It's plugged in to the user actions. All fucking there. I can start messing with it, and I can make changes without having to worry about 
affecting the entire game. I could just make my own changes and people can come play it. That was, oh, that was so cool. So fucking cool. Okay. He also asks, what do you personally think about them releasing the Xbox version at such a strange time with 0.63 still being unstable and dry? Um, he's got a bit of commentary that he adds. <laughs> I could have answered that the second that the fucking first sentence was finished. Uh, it was a bad idea. It was an idea I begged them not to do, but, uh, you know, Daisy's not mine, it's theirs. Yeah. Um, I, I understand the business of it, but they didn't pay me to understand the business of it. They paid me to care about Daisy. Daisy, as in the project that we put on Steam, the project that we've communicated to the community on for so long. I, I, forgive me, Xbox fans. You know, I, I, I worked on that platform. I worked at that company. I love it, but really bad timing. Really bad timing. It shouldn't have hit until point six three was unstable, at the earliest, in my opinion. Yeah, because I remember yourself um, uh, and possibly Dean, I'm pretty sure it was more you, though, saying that the focus would always be on the PC and Xbox would come once um, PC was stable, uh, beta, um, and... Obviously, that's not what, is, what has occurred. So I think that's probably a lot of what he was referring to there as well. Um, that obviously possibly the, and I, the vision has changed now. Uh, I don't... Uh, yeah, I wanted to get to that before you did. I don't think vision, uh, as in the definition of what DayZ is, uh, is affected by uh, Xbox at all. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think DayZ's vision, what it is as a title, what the experience is, how it plays, is affected by it. Uh, and... Uh, I can't say for certain, but I'm fairly confident that no no resources were taken from Daisy. What we're playing right now for the for the console, I think they more than likely allocated resources from other areas in the company for it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was a it was a really bad idea putting it out when they did. Um, but uh, I don't think that the existence of it is a it makes any compromises for what the gameplay for Daisy is. Fortunately. Yeah. His last question is, what do you think about the communication these days between the devs and the community? See, it's the inverse. Like, there is, you know, PR professionals involved in it now. And more of, more, their hands are on it a hell of a lot more than the developers, the people that make commits to the SVN, people that actually physically change the game. Uh... It means it's a smoother communication, but I feel, I can't help but feeling like the relationship has changed, and I can't help but feeling like, as, as stressful as it was, uh, not as much raw truth is being passed. I don't know. It. I'm sure a lot of people like it. Um, and the format of it, you know, the professionalism on that is great. I'd, I'd like to see, I, I, I really would like to see Batty uh, having more ownership of that um, because and it's the whole reason why David and I both agreed that Batty was the pick for community manager is because Batty, much like I was when brought onto the team, you know, Batty's a true believer. Batty loves Daisy. Yeah. Batty plays Daisy. Batty knows Daisy. Um. I feel like if, if there's going to be a voice to the community, 
um, and it's not, you know, a developer like Peter, then it should be Batty. I loved interviewing her. She was so nervous about it, but she, you, her passion and love and, and pride in what she does just shone through in that interview. Betty is, in short, Betty's adorable. She she is a, a, a very kind spirit, um, uh, very humble, and absolutely loves Daisy. And has a weird obsession with spiders that I just don't understand. <laughs> She's a unique one, for sure. Did she ever bring the spider into work? Uh, not while I was there, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> if she brought it in and I was there, mate, I'd be out of that fucking building in a quick smart in a hurry. Can't stand the bloody things. Fortunately, there are no firearms, uh, or I didn't have any firearms, actual firearms, uh, when I was in the Czech Republic. Or I'd have shot a fucking spider. Like, oh, I, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> okay, the next question is from Yazin400. Has it been challenging for the programming team to get a multi-platform engine working since thus far they've only been using very uh, varying versions of DirectX and Sony's console has its own graphics API? Did Bohemia hire new people that knew Sony's API or did the current people sit down and learn it? I honestly cannot say. I made it very clear while I was there that I did not care about consoles. I, I don't mean to be crass, but... Uh, uh, you know, as far as swinging my dick around in the office, I, I made it very clear. Uh, I, I don't, I don't care about the consoles and I really don't want, uh, to be, uh, tasked with handling it yep. or, uh, representing it. Uh, I came here to work on days. It's just like, it's like, uh, you know, when I talked about leaving Bohemia prior to leaving Bohemia, uh, I came to Bohemia for one thing and one thing only: Daisy on PC. Yeah. Um, well, the PC master as far as like love speaking you for the for it. well, I, I I absolutely fucking abhor using the term master race, but I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> oh fuck! My radio's on. Hold. <laughs> There's someone on the server that just heard me speak. Uh, they're a good distance away because they were staticky. Oh, God, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, I can't speak for the engineers, um, uh, but, uh, at least, and I definitely can't speak to anything Sony uh, because I haven't worked on anything for the PS4. Yeah. But fortunately, uh, the push for the unification of an Xbox as a platform across Windows and the physical Xbox hardware and other things uh, makes working, if you're working on a, a title for a modern version of the Windows OS there and, and using, you know, industry standard libraries like DirectX and such, uh, it's extreme, it leads easier than it used to be. Yep. Uh, and I think uh, it really was just a matter of resource allocation, you know, things like memory consumption, and so forth that was uh, any kind of issue it wasn't uh, necessarily a compatibility issue in any, any means okay lejazos doesn't have a question um just says the wolf guys already mentioned some of the most interesting questions just tell brian that we miss him and one of the things i was so happy about with the questions submitted by the community was i, I did worry and i guess you probably did as well that a lot of the trolls and the haters were going to come in and just fill it with shit 
there was very, very little of it. And the amount of people who left comments like that, as, as, as people will get to hear, I'm going to read them all out, um, I think was a great testimony to the state of the Daisy community right now, regardless of what some people would have us believe it's at. Oh, yeah. When I, when I left uh, BI, uh, the outpouring of support I got was honestly overwhelming. I was bracing myself for, you know, some trolls, some negative comments, some anger, mm -hmm. and I could count on one hand uh, the amount of instances that occurred yep. versus the four to 500 uh, positive uh, remarks I got. Yeah. Okay, our next question is from everybody's favorite Daisy philanthropist, Spaggy. He starts off by saying, <laughs> love you, Brian. And then he wants to know, what does Brian think about the line Daisy treads between game and simulation? What are the weights and measures to that? And if it has, how has that changed over time? And will server owners be able to change that without full-on modding? Well, I think that's kind of been answered a bit with the release of the files. People are getting to see what we can do there. Um, but yeah, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I feel like a lot of it uh, uh, has already been answered in, in my early remarks about what Daisy is and why, you know, why I love it and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's a balance between, uh, Dean and I would constantly reference between, you know, the difference between authenticity and realism. Uh, realism, realism is for, you know, um, uh, fucking, why can't I think of it? The BI simulations title, and I, I my brain is just shutting down because it's almost my bedtime. Uh, regardless, uh, let's, let's say I don't know Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, realism is 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 something when you want to get down to the nitty gritty of like trying to understand the way something works and experience the way it actually works as close as you can without actually doing it. And authenticity is is very similar to you know like role playing in uh in Ultima Online or or any open sandbox uh is you 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 put on the skin of something to to pretend uh to get a feel like for some of the key points of what it's like you know it's the difference between being an actual doctor going to med school and and watching an episode of house <laughs> yeah. you know you, you want you want to hear the right the right words and, and and you know put on the costume and play it a bit and that's infinitely more rewarding and more relaxing than than a simulator, and uh, the you know the escapism that comes with living in a virtual world like Daisy comes from the authenticity. You get get that authentic feel, but you don't have to run you know 15 kilometers carrying you know 40 kilos on your back uh, nonstop without catching your breath. Nobody wants to fucking do that every day for fun. Uh, but you get the feeling of trekking through the woods and climbing these mountains and doing all these things, running into this emerging gameplay, because the world exists to set up systems that you can use along your journey. You know, it, it's. I, I think Daisy, when it works well, when it works as it should, is the perfect ex escapism. Yep. Couldn't agree more. His next question sort of ties into um, one of the previous ones a bit, but why don't we find the dev team in-game so often? Now, I thought about this question a lot, and I think you set a pretty high benchmark because for those of us who do watch a lot of streamers in particular um, and a bit of YouTube content as well, you were always out there. You know, we were constantly seeing you jumping into streams with 
uh, Mr. Blackout, um, with uh, the Running Man, with FT, with Barely Infected, and so on. But we don't seem to see that as much anymore. Well, one, because I'm a native English speaker. Two, uh, because I literally had no life. I, I burned through relationships uh, because of the way I conducted myself uh, working on Daisy. I, um, I, I spent four years in the Czech Republic, and uh, <laughs> I saw more. Uh, I saw more things going to the trade shows to represent the team than I did exploring the Czech Republic. I spent all my time either at work or in my flat with the privacy shutters down playing Daisy. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not necessarily healthy, and it's not something people should expect from developers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Peter, he's got, he's, got, he's got a wife now. He's got a kid. You know, uh, uh, Merrick, uh, Miroslav Menena, lead gameplay partner, has got multiple kids. Uh, you know, Eugene, uh, I'm pretty, did Eugene get married? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he didn't. I'm so sorry for calling him out on that. Uh, but he's an active life, a member of the community in the world he lives in, in, in Prague, and his family in Slovakia. These people, it, it's the, the Czech Republic, the Slovak Republic, small place, small country. It's just they've, they've got lives, rich, healthy lives. And, and they're living them, and thank fucking God they're living them. It's probably why they're still able to, to carry on. I, coming from that true believer, like literally, <laughs> I went from playing Daisy full-time uh, after work when I lived in the States to, you know, I literally left work and caught a plane that night and started working on Daisy when I landed. Uh, it was just nonstop uh, playing because the, the game was my, my life. Uh, all of my friends uh, were people that played Daisy <laughs> or stream Daisy. Everything about my life was Daisy. It's not necessarily healthy, uh, no. Boydie. Obsessive uh, behavior I, I know they play anything it. is not healthy. Oh, yeah. I know they play it because we're all friends on Steam, and I see them play it constantly. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's very, very critical uh, that you don't see them as much as you saw me, that they have a healthy life outside of work, that they play other games so they can keep that that passion and that drive, that fire going, and not burn out. I'm fucking amazed I didn't just totally f burn out and never want to see Daisy again. I don't know how I did that, but thank God. His last comment is he just wants to thank you for all your work on Daisy. Oh. Well, hold on. Hold, put, putting a pin on this baggy thing, if he wants to thank me, then he can finally follow through and send me those digestives that he promised me because I can't get a good biscuit in the United States. <laughs> there you go, Spaggy. He doesn't want cartons of beer like he said the dev team. He just wants a box of digestives. Milk chocolate digestives, please. No hobnobs. I don't want of that stuff. I don't care if it's from uh, Marks and Sparks or from McVitie's. As long as it's just a, just a single roll would be fine. I don't, I don't need anything fancy. I don't need to know PG tips, I, which I, I, I can get here just fine. I don't need, well, you know, some Anzac biscuits would be nice, but just, 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 just a good milk chocolate digestive. I will hook you up with some Anzac biscuits, mate, if you like them. That's something I can get plenty oh, of. Being God, they're here. amazing. They are a good biscuit. I love they Anzac really biscuits. are. They're one of those biscuits that you kind of forget how good it is until you break open a pack of them again. This is why I always stayed at the same hotel in Melbourne. 
Yes. As soon as I landed, it, it used to be the Hilton. I don't know what it is now because uh, they, they sold it. But it's attached to the convention center, and the the management is the same, I think, because the menu is the same and everything, all that. But uh, their mini fridges are always stocked with uh, James Bogues Premium and Anzac Biscuits. The Tazzies will love you for the James Bogue line. <laughs> hey, you know, say what you will uh, about James Bogues. Uh, James Bogues Premium is damn good for a domestic beer. I like it. It's, it's, uh, when I'm in Melbourne, I do enjoy going across the street to that little burger uh, place that's kind of attached to the, yep, the, the, the casino there, yeah. The crown. Yeah, yeah. And they have uh, a microbrew often on tap that's Australian. White Rabbit, uh, I believe, is it? Yeah, White Rabbit's White Ale uh, is, is a fantastic, it's one of my favorite Australian microbrews. But if I'm just going to grab a bottle off the shelf that's, that's domestic, James Bogues Premium, definitely. There you go. So, Smaggy, get those biscuits in the mail, mate. Okay, Vinegar Pancake, what is your favorite feature we, that we have yet to see implemented in-game? Well, I don't know if it'll happen, and I don't want... I, I feel horrible about just putting Peter out there on being responsible for making it happen, but um, the whole reason why we pulled the uh, scope from the Mosin was uh, na natively it doesn't have the furniture to just slap it on there like, you know, the M4 does down there with the, the rail system. Hold on a second, I need to cough. We had, in fact, if you can see, I don't think there's one in Star Yard, but uh, there's a, there's an industrial kind of shed deal. A little workshop, um, yeah. You can see one of them, a little workshop, it's got that bench, with all the, with the the vice and everything on there, yeah. Uh, that whole thing was done so that we could have uh, essentially an infield crafting, a little workbench where you could put the items on there and combine uh, and 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 alter your base weapon, customize it more than just slapping an attachment on in the field. Um, I don't know if that's still in the cards. It was when I left, uh, but I I really would love to see that. Because there's only so many of them out there, right? So it makes it a hot spot. Yeah. There's, there's a few of them around the place. Um, I know there's one uh, in between Cherno and um, below the rare strip, um, along the road there near the rails at that service station, I think it is. Yep. Um, but I remember there's ages ago. one just inland from Solnitsi. Yep. I remember ages ago you made the comment when someone hit you up about it. And it was quite cryptic at the time, and this—that's what I deduced it to be. You said it's not going to be as simple as slapping a sight on a Mosin. Um, and yep, yep, I thought about it and went, there for that. "They're going to have to use a workshop. They're going to have to mod the weapon to be able to take the sight." Oh my God, that is just going to blow people's mm -hmm, minds. Mm -hmm. That'd be sweet if uh, if it does end up coming through. It, oh. It's been in the cards for quite some time. I think there'll be a lot of fanboys that'll be very, very happy if the Mosin can take a hunting scope or a long-range scope back on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a little annoyed that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Next question from Vinegar is, will you still be involved with Survivor Games or is this a Bohemia-owned IP now? Well, we know it's a Bohemia-owned IP. It was quite public that they sold, but will you still have any involvement with it? Well, um... Originally, the plan was I was actually going to move off of DayZ right around the time that I left and fully on to the Survivor Games. Uh, for reasons I won't get into, uh, I decided not to do that. 
Um, I, I still do have access as an external uh, consultant on the Survivor Games, mm-hmm. um, but they, uh, they are under no contractual obligation to listen to anything I say. So, I don't know. Um, and I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I think they better hurry the fuck up and get it out uh, before modding hits, because uh, it's going to be embarrassing if someone else essentially makes a mod of the Survivor Games before Bohemia does. Yeah. But um, uh, Lewis, one of the uh, original creators of the Survivor Games, QN Lou, um, he is, however, fully attached to it. Yep. So if they're, as long as they're listening to him, I don't know if they are. I hope they are. Uh, then they will keep the course. For me, um, Survivor Games was never about solos. It was never about teams of was it four, whatever. Survivor Games has always been 15 or 16 teams of two. It's all about the t- the it, the team of two. That is the core of the Survivor Games, the, the team of two. Um, yes, and, and I really hope they do it, and I fucking hope they keep it first person only. Same. I really do. The official make it, you know, when they because I believe they're going to make it available for people to use themselves um, and let them do third person. But the official Survivor game should be first person only. Hundred percent agree. Can you prove you are not a bandit? How, how can anyone? Um, if I can, I can. It'll take a little time. I actually have the FLV recordings for almost every stream I did in 2012, um, and I can slap together a couple highlights should I need to, demonstrating my uh, Robin Hood of Chernaris uh, approach. Um, <laughs> and I would challenge uh, for anyone to find uh, examples of more banditry than hero uh, actions, because I believe the ratio is strongly like 4 to 1 on the hero side. Good for you, sir. Good for you. I much prefer playing friendly myself. Okay, Render Engine comes in. If you could make any game you wanted, time, money, work aside, what game would it be? UO2. Ultima Online 2. I would go back to the well on that. Get the, uh, get the, uh, the rights to Ultima Online and the Ultima Universe from EA and a, a nice big fat fucking team and uh, yeah and I would I would well here lies the crux I'd really like to see that be something that becomes moddable later on but uh, games as a service and the infrastructure behind a service and modding often are, are not good bedfellows yep uh, but I would I'd still love to try it. You said anything. Ultima Online 2. Hell yes. And he also wants to know, did Brian and Dean ever cook beans together? Uh, I can't recall if we ever ate beans. But one of the things uh, that kind of kept me sane uh, the first year of Daisy Development was uh, Dean and I lived in the same apartment complex, and we would often... Um, have uh, lands uh, at his place on the weekend, or he just play games all weekend. Yep. Uh, usually uh, Civilization, uh, Space Station 13, Minecraft. Uh, um, uh, fucking oh my god, my brain is uh, uh, oh my god. 
it, it's a it's a fucking paradox game. Uh, oh God, and it's full filled of filled with incest. <laughs> oh my God, why can't I think of it? Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Um, ho- hold on, hold on, hold on one second. CK two, Crusader Kings two. Yep. Uh, but uh, when we did that, he would often cook. Uh, but usually it was burgers. So I don't <laughs> think beans, no. Okay. Hajami comes in with a few, uh, few questions. Um, he says, I thought Brian left the building after doing its work. He was a very nice person, judging from the few interactions I had with him here on Steam. My question would be, was leaving Team Rocket, Team Brian, more a pleasant step into the future or more towards a sad, maybe tearful split up? Leaving Team Rocket, Team... So I guess he's referring to when um, uh-huh. um, Dean left. Oh, well, no, that wasn't sad, and it wasn't a split up. I mean, we all knew it was coming. Uh, Dean had talked to the community about it for quite some time, so we definitely knew internally. And it was kind of like... Um, it was kind of like a, a very slow and gradual... Uh, so you just kind of get used to it. You see, you know, a little bit less of them every week, a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit yeah. less. And uh, then it got to the point where it was like one day I was was talking to him. He's like, should I come? Should I fly back to Prague? And I was like, you know what? Things are things are all right. You just you just keep doing you. I'll let you know if anything happens. And then one day, a couple months later, he came in with Marek and. And uh, they announced David, David uh, Dorchak. So no, it was it was about as smooth as as it could be. You know, it was like every day just taking one shim away until the level was down to the, le- the level it needs to be. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty pretty smooth. Now you pretty much covered this, but his next question was, uh, "What are your next plans? New job, new game?" Um, so we've got to watch this space. You release some information in the future once you are allowed to. Yeah, yeah, definitely new game. Always new game. I don't think I've gone more than a week, at most, between projects uh, yeah. for like the last ten years. Um, and then on the other side, you know, I'm I'm enjoying going home, and uh, and modding the fuck out of five M, uh, and and interacting with the folks in that community because I think there's a lot of similarities. Uh, I mean, of course, it's open world. It's open world and it's emerging gameplay. So, of course, similarities. Uh, but I, I don't know. I might, uh, I might start um, actually streaming my escapades because there's a year and a half easily of of uh, modding and, and role playing in the GTA space, uh, and I don't think anybody really realized it. <laughs> yeah. His last question is a bit of a fun one. What's your favorite foods at the moment? List around three. Well, Svichkova, but I haven't had a good Svichkova since I left the, the Czech Republic. What is that? Um, Svichkova is uh, a, it's a Czech dish. Um, essentially, uh, hold on a second. If you were to take uh, some nice beef tenderloin, nice, let's just fall apart beef tenderloin, um, and 
uh, a, a base, a sauce base of like pureed, I think it's like some celery, some carrots, some other kind of vegetable, firm vegetables. Uh, make that into a nice puree. You put the, the, the tenderloin sliced in there, like three or four. Then you take uh, some smetana, which is cream, and some bruschinki, which is uh, uh, cranberries, like uh, gelled cranberries. Um, and you should dollop of those on top of the, the tenderloin. And then you get some, um, uh, is it, uh, yeah, it's bread dumpling, right? Yeah, it's bread dumpling. It's like soft bread dumpling along the side, a little slice. And it's, I don't know, I, you have to try it. Matt, Matt, Matt Lightfoot used to call it uh, cat vomit because of the way it looked to him. <laughs> but it is so, it's so delicious. It's so good. Um, and then uh, uh, milk chocolate digesters with a good cuppa. <laughs> and um, who doesn't love a good taco? You no? Know? Yeah. No, I'll Mexican, agree with that one. Mexican food. I, I have I have come to such an, a, an appreciation of true authentic Mexican food, having lived in Central Europe and not l- setting one eye on a single Mexican American or Mexican citizen the entire time I was there. And nobody in Europe knows how to make a, a good plate of of Mexican food, and uh, it's really nice to be near that again. Cause God, it's good. Okay, the next questions. Um, oh, he also just wants to add, I wish you all good for your future, Brian. Then we have um, Sizo. He wants to know what Daisy mods you are looking forward to. Well, uh, I did see a quite fascinating, uh, Jacob Mango uh, was working with some folks on a quite fascinating uh, modification utilizing trains and the train tracks. Now, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on it because replicating the position of a fast-moving object and it's the impacts on what's rendering into the clients on the train as well as, God, physics interactions. Uh, but I'm really excited to see where they get with it, honestly. Yeah, the trailer for that, the hype train they're calling it, looks amazing. It is. It is they're, they're already doing some fantastic work. Um, and they said they got it working uh, at least at low speed with multiple clients. And it seemed to be in synchron, uh, synchronized state. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm one. I'm impressed, and two, I'm really proud of him. Three, I can't wait to check it out myself. He also wants to know: Will you make um, at some point a Daisy mod yourself? You know, uh, if you asked me like a week ago, the answer would be yes. But uh, I'm suddenly reminded how difficult it can be to be a participant of a modding community and a, and a BI title. Uh, it's there's so much drama around it. I don't know if I'm my blood pressure is ready for it. <laughs> okay, feel the power. Will the graphics get enhanced at some point to look more like a 2018 game? Now, I don't know. You said somebody it at the somebody needs to buy Phil a a video card. Yeah, because like, holy shit, this is a beautiful game. What I see game. out here on my machine is fucking gorgeous. And considering, like, as a developer. Just the sheer volume of 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 what is rendered and the the, the draw distances that are possible, uh, the geometric occlusion definitely helps. Uh, but oh my god, just you could you can do big and 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 you know mid to low fi, or you can do small and super high fi on your definition. 
You don't get massive and super hi-fi. You just don't fucking get it. Um, and what we got right now, honestly, for the size of what they did, there's not even any fucking level streaming like there is in Unreal. Like, what this engine does is amazing Yeah. Uh, for, for this type of project. So aside from, I will say, you know, looking in this, in this room here, obviously we need to look at some texture updates. Yes. Some of the textures, interiors, and some of the objects. Like, like the, the cupboard stuff. behind you. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, Daddy needs a new cupboard texture. The mesh <laughs> is fine, I think. The mesh in and of itself is fine, but these textures. Oh, these textures. But I don't know. Well, ask the team. Doom comes in. Will zombie AI get updated more, or are they considered just work in progress at the moment, or are they more or less done? Uh, I don't think there's anything that's more or less done, aside from Chernars the terrain, uh, mm -hmm. and that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I don't. I mean, the AI they're 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 good. They're, they're getting better. Um, no, I, I if you were to ask me personally, I think. Uh, I, I, I'm certain that there some improvements are coming. It's not it's not quite it's not quite where it needs to be. Uh, they're they're not they're not as much of a threat. I don't I don't like. It's funny, because you know a couple builds back, I didn't like how uh, how uh, fucking six million dollar man their hearing or their vision was, uh, but now it's like maybe they're a little drunk. I don't know. There's definitely there's some room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, I think they're at a pretty decent state now um, compared to sometimes where they have been, where they were, you know, one-hit killing people. Um, now, one oh, on yeah. their own oh, yeah. is not a threat at all, but you get two or more, uh, you can be in trouble pretty quickly with this health bar as opposed to the blood bar. True. True. Maybe maybe the key here is that I see a higher concentration because I know I, I've talked uh, to the team and the community's talked to the team about the, the, the infected count. Um, on the community servers. Uh, it's, it's not where it needs to be. They know what it needs to be at. They'll get there eventually. Um, he also asked, is melee set to stay the same or have collision turned back on? That's probably not something you can really answer now that you're out of the team, is it? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would, uh, I would uh, I'd, I'd ping, ping Peter. Uh, Peter, I, I can tell you right now, Peter is... Been very frustrated with melee for some time, and it's a, it's always been a fight to try and make it better. Uh, I would be surprised to see Peter uh, say that the current state is exactly where he wants it to be. I'd be surprised to see Peter say anything is perfect. He he's very critical of his work. So yep, ask Peter. Muffinator comes in compared to the mod. There's a ton more locations in standalone, and every location has many more places to explore and hide. What is the design vision of having so many extra towns and other places of interest? Well, it might have been uh, the wrong decision. Who knows? I mean, if you look at the the just like so data from a couple years back. I talked to Razor about this. Just uh, uh, the 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 lead on Daisy Mod. Just just to confirm that my memory wasn't bad. Uh, we'd be surprised to see if Daisy Mod actually had anywhere near, like even 10,000 potential loot spawn points. Uh, what that meant is that there's, you know, there's effectively a, a viable corridor and then a bunch of dead space. Uh, and that was, a, you know, heavy criticism 
on Daisy Mod early on, which I'm sure informed Dean's decision, as it was Dean's decision, to open up everything. Uh, but once that happened, it, there was no putting the genie back in the bottle, and it was a matter of, all right, well, you know, Senshi and his team led making the world a believable, livable place. Uh, I think, yes, it makes the design team's job infinitely more difficult in trying to adapt to the meta and trying to make every area actionable and valuable. But I also think it makes for a hell of a lot more believable, livable world. So as often uh, with early decisions in DayZ, it could be very problematic, and a more experienced designer would not have taken the risk. But fortunately, much like being you know, young, being 18, 19 years old and joining the military, uh, you know, the, your own morality and the reality of intelligent decisions is, is often quite lost upon you and you think you're invisible and you'll take risks and have experiences that you otherwise, your older version of yourself otherwise wouldn't have. So it might have been the wrong decision, who knows, but I'm really glad the decision was taken. He also asked, do you see server counts hitting a level where it's still not that uncommon to meet other players, or is the intention to make it less common to meet people? Well, I think they've kind of answered that by releasing the files, and people are now having 100-slot servers. Yeah, um, there's actually a, there's a, there's a ratio that was often talked about internally and talked about on, on other projects uh, as well. Um, post Daisy is uh, there's, there's a the time to other player the time to interaction you you have to the player count needs to be high and uh, there needs to be tools to to foster uh, players encounter other players so if the map is large and the player count is low uh, even saturating the player spawn points won't always help you need to have methods that the game enables the the encountering of other players even across long distances <coughs> radio <coughs> uh, so as long as <laughs> as long as we push that um, I you know I think these are more support systems that keep the uh, the player interaction and emerging gameplay going even in a mid to low player count okay. Friendly and Tizzy, what's the thing from Daisy Mod you miss the most that will not or hasn't been implemented in standalone and why? Really, it's vehicles. Uh, I feel like they added a, a, a completely different uh, or an additional uh, level of, of interaction and type of gameplay experience that we haven't quite gotten yet here. The vehicles, I don't think they're... I, I can, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, aside from people that have started after I left, I can firmly say there's no one on the Daisy development team that has ever been happy, like, yes, confident in the state of vehicles. Um, and in some cases, I, I kind of almost wish Dean hadn't made the call to, to ditch the old Arma 2 model, I understand why he, Dean was always thinking about the bigger picture in the future, but fuck if it hasn't taken us a long time to even start making progress on that. Um, I feel like, yes, there was so much wrapped around finding a vehicle and getting a vehicle and what happens with the vehicle and, and the, you know, the sound of the vehicle alerting other players. I got a little, you know, we got a little bit of that with Daisy with you know, the first few bumps of vehicles, but the server performance is 
never where it needed to be, and the physics was never where it needed to be. It's vehicles. I def I really miss vehicles. I think everyone's missing them at the moment, even as buggy as they were, um, particularly with the stamina. Introducing the stamina when there's no vehicles to use, it's made it. Um, it's definitely a, a more hardcore experience now. Only the hardcore people are really playing. The casuals get on and go, "What the fuck, stamina? No vehicles? No, fuck this. I'll go play something else." Well, almost every title out there I can think of has stamina. Uh, that that's a first-person shooter. Mm. Um, that said, for for a user, I mean, seriously, I, I can't think of too many that don't that don't have like. But not many of them uh, have a map the size of Daisy, though. True, true. But you have to you have to look at like often design or developer decisions are made with the complete project, the whole of the project in mind, and not a specific build. Now, if they had implemented this later on when vehicles were in, they would not get nearly the amount of a very vocal feedback on what does and does not work versus putting it out before vehicles. Now everyone has to deal with it, and they can get a very strong feeling for what needs to be changed and how the system is operating because they know everybody's on the same page. Everyone has to deal with it. That is good for the health of the final version of the project, but might sacrifice that for everyone's sanity. <laughs> okay. Um, Demon Groover comes in. What is your playstyle and what community server, if any, do you play on mostly? Well, you've pretty much answered your playstyle one. Um, Demon, mainly... Demon fucking knows this. Demon's one of our mods. He knows. He's known me for years. He yeah. knows. <laughs> Get one of what the community server do you play on mostly, though? Uh, uh, this one at this point. This one or the village? Yep. I love the village. The village is almost my ultimate way to play DayZ. And it, it really brings in what you've been saying, cough, radio, cough, um, so many times. It makes people go to use radios if they play it legitimately. I know there are people out there who do use VoIP, which you're not supposed to on that um, server. But to me, it just adds so much to the immersion of the game. And imagine how much more of that interaction you would get on that server and this server, if people didn't have to scour the map for a tiny little fucking battery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or a radio. Okay, Bill Zelga. Peter's, Peter's going to kill me. Peter's just going to fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Zelga comes in. What would you say are the most important developmental and communication towards the player base lessons you have learned over these last few years? Uh, manage expectation from the fucking start. Like, oh, God, it can get away from you real quick. Um, and engage, I think, especially for a smaller studio, engage your team to engage the community as often as possible. If it has to be through a curated thing like a status report, fine, but start that expectation at the beginning of the project uh, because trying to shoehorn it in later on when everybody's already got their own groove is a bit of a bitch and if at all possible find a self-starter competent confident community manager to manage that for you because often at the end of the day every developer myself included are going to be tired as fuck and their brain will be fried and slapping together a status report is difficult why didn't you do it during the, the business day because we're working on the goddamn game so get somebody that could specialize on that because Again, especially for a smaller studio uh, and a niche title like Daisy was supposed to be, you know, the people that want to see that stuff are already emotionally invested in the project. 
So if you get them quality stuff out there and you get them reliable stuff on time with a bit of honesty, it goes a long way. Okay, Joe Dirty. Thanks for the opportunity. Detached from everything Bohemia Interactive and DayZ, would you agree with the sentiment that it is in favour of a good core experience to strip down content, be it assets, mechanics or details to gameplay, in order to not distract from the main gameplay loop or to argue that these assets are not necessary for a good gameplay loop? Now, I'll be honest, that question confused the fuck out of me, so I hope it makes sense to you. It does. I mean, if you're doing rapid prototyping which technically we are. If you're, if you're more focused on, you know, if you could, to go back to the comment about dynamically spawning mushrooms, if you're more focused on uh, a strong structure of framework and functions within said framework and getting the desired results out of everything and knowing that it's there to be fleshed out, yes, uh, I, I do agree that that focus should be on that. But unfortunately, that often tends to be the desire of the developer, but the consumer wants to see new shit. What brings people in? Either a massive technological upgrade on the engine side or a lot of really cool fucking content. Um, yep. and, and often, you know, the, the, the exceptionally difficult thing about the years of waiting for the engine to catch up to where we wanted it to be is you can develop, you know, sure, you, you can have your artists going, you can have your artists going crazy on the meshes. You can have environment designers and artists going crazy on the world. Um, but everything a designer is going to do, like in script, uh, if you're changing your fucking script. Hello? And I'm back. Uh, I want to point some out. Uh, you scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> what happened? Literally, this is how it went down. I'm sitting here talking, and then you suddenly say, hello, and your head turns towards the window. And then you <laughs> stop responding. So I pull my gun out, and I'm looking out here, and then I turn, and you're gone. And I'm like, did he just fucking murdered in real life? <laughs> What the hell? Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> uh, the joys of doing it in-game, but I really do enjoy it because, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> that's bizarre. Okay, so we got as far as you were talking about scripting. Oh, okay. uh, well, to try and wrap that, that thing back up, uh, the, the developers often uh, are want the the developers often focus on functionality, focus on script framework, on technology, and essentially put that out as a platform with the example content showing the potential of the systems. But often, again, uh, yeah, I think I already touched on this, you know, the content. It's, it's, all, it's all about the content. That's what brings in the users. You know, we, we talked about that before you did. Um, yeah. The, the reality, uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. I'm trying, I'm backtracking where I was. We're up to, oh, yes. So, you know, the artists can pump out all that stuff, but what the, the designers spend their time doing, aside from prototyping uh, documentation and prototyping systems in, in, you know, on the legacy technology, because of the nature of the beast of, of how you know, game engines often 
what they're doing is often going to have to be completely written. It's not like you just copy paste uh, because of the change in the technology. Uh, so, you know, of course the actionable thing to do in, in this odd situation we were in is to hammer that content out so the users can see it, the users can get a feel for it, and we get a feel for the overall impact on the long term of the title and how it will be once that content is on the technology that the whole title is supposed to be on at release. Yep. It's, it's a catch-22. Often I prefer to do things rapid prototype in my own work, my own hobby projects, you know, like, again, going to the 5M stuff. I will write a, a function and a system around that function and do essentially a one pass, one full detail pass on how the entire system wraps around a mechanic in one location in the world. You can see this as an example of the whole thing, but configuring it for additional locations, additional interiors or items, eh, I'll get around to it later. But then again, that's my own personal project and not something that 4 million people picked up on Steam. Yeah, good point. Okay, so Toast Von Rich, do you still play Daisy? If no, do you miss it? I mean, uh. <laughs> but how often are you playing it? Like, obviously, you're playing it right now, but how often do you play it I mean, um, I took, outside? I, I took a break. I took a break from my departure to about the. Jeez. Um, maybe third or fourth 0.63 iteration. Yep. And I'd check it out, and I'd give Peter a lot of feedback. The second uh, 0.63 stuff uh, honestly started hitting, and I'd give Peter a lot of feedback. Um, but uh, I didn't start, like, just playing, playing, like, for fun again until just recently uh, with the release of the server files. It really sparked that, uh, that feeling again. And, oh, my God, I can't begin to tell you how similar it felt to daisy mod when i first fired up that 100 person server and gave everyone radios yep it felt like i was getting my my radio would you know randomly start picking up other people's conversations and i'd decide whether i was going to spy on them or butt in uh i'd try and find someone uh because they were uh you know in distress and needed help uh but you know something would happen and i wouldn't know like are you there still what what where, where did you go? I just, there's just so much shit that fucking happens. Yeah. Uh, just from having the radio, it just it felt alive. The player interaction was everywhere, but also it could be nowhere if I wanted it to be because all I had to do was turn it off. It, it was, oh, God, uh, it's it's a good day to be somebody that plays Daisy. Voldark 2 comes in. Were you always a dirty bandit? Damn it, Bobby. Uh, no, but in my defense, uh, the, uh, the folks at Green Mountain, and he'll understand what I mean by this, they were quite threatening, uh, when we first arrived there. <laughs> and it wasn't my decision to go back and give them bullets for their attitude. I believe the footage will show from my stream that that was Blurman's decision. So that's on Blair. Yeah. Okay, your new husband barely infected. So we've sort of covered this, but I'll still ask it because it is from Renee, um, and you may have something you wish to add to it. But how did you find out about Daisy, and what did you like so much about it? You covered this in the pit stop head interview quite thoroughly, but might be worth a recap. Well, I mean, I I've covered it in that that interview, and I also covered it in 
this one yeah. already talking about what I love about Daisy and the Emerging Gameplay. And again, to cycle back to that, uh, it was the PC Gamer article and then finding it on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, I was hooked. It was, it was Daisy with guns and zombies. But no, I, I said that wrong. It was Ultima Online with guns and zombies. Yeah. Of course it was Daisy with guns. What, you, what is your most memorable Daisy experience? Uh, easily, uh, easily would be a, uh, something that might actually be up on my old YouTube channel called Pitch Black, I think it was. Uh, myself and Soma were on the docks in Electro, uh, the docks, uh, to the east of town near the lighthouse and a helicopter, an old Huey. Uh, was, was nighttime was flying by. Now Soma had NVGs. Um, I did not. It was very fucking dark, and uh, I believe my leg was broken. And the helicopter was coming towards us, and we were sure we were fucked. I don't want to ruin it for those that might come across the video, but uh, long story short, through a bunch of a uh, bunch of tense action and cheering on from Bike Man and Lou, uh, I actually did manage to shoot the helicopter down solely by its blinking taillight. That's a pretty impressive shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I believe I screamed uh, to, to Soma about it. Okay. Um, Daisy mod or Daisy standalone, why? Um... Daisy. Daisy because the potential that this project has and the amount of effort that's gone into ensuring. And boy, when I say potential, I mean potential to be Daisy Mod and everything Daisy Mod ever wanted to be. Um, the team has, has intentionally made sure everything is there, uh, that, that, that the technology Daisy is built upon is built for Daisy's needs. Um, I I tried going back to the mod. It's just it, it might be hard to see for those who have slogged through the the trenches alongside us for all these years, but Daisy is so fucking far ahead of what the mod ever was. And if anybody says otherwise, I challenge them to look back at the twenty minute long login times. That used to yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. Beta Frog comes in with any desire to do a post mortem at GDC when the timing is right. Uh, yeah, I definitely like to do that. Grab Peter, um, maybe Dean if he's into it. Uh, I mean, I know Dean's really focused on you know what's next for him. Yeah. Um, definitely Peter, and uh, would be also really interesting to grab Race. Uh, it's a nickname. Uh, yeah, myself, Peter Raced. I don't know if uh, Raced, Raced is kind of a quiet guy, but he's the gentleman that's responsible and has been responsible for the development of the central economy and the database and all the infrastructure around Daisy. That would be a, a fantastic um, thing to do. But, of course, it requires Daisy to release. Mithrondo, if you could go back to the initial planning stages of Daisy's development, is there anything you would change with the benefit of hindsight? Radios, radios, radios. Is there anything you can share with us 
such as potential game issues we might not have already wished for or even hyped up that you were intrigued by that didn't make the cut? I mean, aside from what I've already talked about, like the degradation of bodies. Yep. Um, horses. Oh, yeah, horses. Yeah. That would have been really fucking cool. Uh, and for all I know, it, it, it could be happening. I don't, I don't know. I just know when I left, it was like, let's be fucking realistic here. I would love horses. I really would. They would just be amazing for the game. Because oh, yeah. I believe yeah, you said, be... wasn't the um, the boss of um, Bohemia Interactive a fan of having horses in the game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. He most definitely was. Uh, I don't know if he still is. But it was Mark that uh, continued to drive on horses because I was ready to nix it. He was like, no, I think we should do that. I don't know if it's in the cards. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It would be it would be game-changing, to use the phrase. Mm. And you've touched on this a little bit, but I really did like this question from him. What was it like living in Chechia uh, as an English speaker? Did you experience any difficulties for a U.S. citizen living in Europe in the current political climate? Well, I mean, until Nigel Farage and his band of fucking goons came along, uh, you know, uh, people like UKIP were, uh, you know, considered uh, not, not, they weren't taken serious. <laughs> Uh, not to uh, associate UKIP with the entire uh, Tory party in the UK. I'm just saying, like, yeah, things have gotten a little crazy. Um, but for the most part, most of my stay, uh, uh, either Brexit wasn't a thing or Brexit was like, oh, it's so far away that really it's just semantics. Things will probably be different. Um, and it's also really weird for me to hear the Czech Republic called Chechia. I don't know. It's just it's weird. Um, the Czechs... Uh, are some of the most accepting people to foreigners I've ever come across. Uh, they're, they just really want to be left alone to live with their families, to drink their pivo, their beer, um, and, and enjoy their home. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, between World War II and the Cold War, uh, people really just didn't want to fucking leave them alone and let them do that. Uh, they are some of the nicest and most accepting uh, people I've I've ever had the privilege to be around. Um, and I'm going to lump in the Slovaks to that as well, uh, just to be clear. Uh, you know, the country split in the early 90s, but you know, the Slovaks are are just as kind. Um, they have a love for the beauty of their country, uh, of going out, not only uh to to pubs uh but to just go out and explore the 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 nature that is their country to bike to hike to 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 camp to to spend weekends in cottages out in the woods they're they're a wonderful wonderful people and i consider myself very blessed uh to have been allowed to live there Okay, this next guy is a modder that I've just recently discovered. He actually streams on Twitch as well, Jacob Mango. 
um, and I've really been enjoying it. I don't understand anything that he's doing, but I've just really been enjoying chatting with him and finding out what they're starting to do now. He's a member of a community on Discord. Um, if you're interested in modding, hit me up and I'll um, see if I can connect you with the group. I'm not sure if there's any rules as to who can join and who can't, but yeah. Um, side chat. You mentioned it before. Um, he just wants to know your reaction, and I did, I think, send you a link to it. Um, to Soviet Womble's little Twitch stream rant on the lack of side chat in DayZ. I'll be honest, I didn't watch the video because I do my best to stay away from anything that is described as a rant on DayZ <laughs> or my blood pressure. Yep. Uh, but um, I would encourage you to take everything I've said about radios and understand that radios are everything side chat provided, yep. but in a more immersive and believable uh, method that is opt-out. Yep. Um, I, I feel like side chat did need to die as side chat, you know, being what it was. Uh, but I feel like it should have been a seamless swap. Side chat should have died and radio should have come in and been on, on the player on spot. Hands down. Foxy Pote, best experience in Daisy so far and best moment of being a dev for Daisy. Uh, my best experience in Daisy so far. Probably would have been when, when uh, Blackout and I recorded. Uh, what was it? Was it point six zero adventures? Point five five adventures? Point five eight? I think it was point five eight adventures. It was essentially a Blackout diary series, mm -hmm. but with Blackout and me. Yeah, it was just me and Blackout. It was so fucking cool. It was so cool. It was so fun. We ran into random players. Crazy ha things happened, and and and. He avenged my death. It was it was it was really fun. Uh, it was one of my favorite times in in Daisy. Um, and favorite, I guess favorite time as a dev. Pax Australia. <sighs> <laughs> um, I suppose my my favorite time as a dev would have been. Um, Well, it's not PAX Australia, but it is a PAX. Uh, it, it, it would be the first time I did a, a live stream at the Astro booth with Loyal Patriot. Yeah. The guy is as big as a fucking house. He is a tall, broad-shouldered man, but he was, he was nervous and excited. Uh, he, was, he, he, was, he was so humble. He was so pumped. To be on a stage on a floor and like doing a live stream with, with, with me was it it reminds you that it's not just some it's it's not just a job that gets you steam reviews it's not just a job that might help you get a free 1080 it's what what you do while you're what <laughs> What you do while you're in that chair, where you, when you're the captain on the bridge of something like Daisy, it's not just a job. You are helping create memories and experiences for all sorts of people, things that that could change their lives, be memories they remember for the rest of their life. 
and and not just I'll add to that it's not just even their own memories but the memories they get of watching their favorite content creators like one that stands out for me is the running man meeting um uh what's his name why have i forgotten it uh meeting uh the, one of the cannibal guys on um the daisy underground server um the video was the way of the meat i think um and watching the running man go outside his comfort zone and because normally he plays he'll play a little bit kos but that's about it you know he usually will try to interact with people and what turned from a hostile encounter where um i thought paul was going to end up killing him um turned into this paul was basically like his man slave um being forced to become a cannibal it was amazing to watch <laughs> i need to watch that oh i'll send you i'll send you a link to it it's one of my favorite uh, running man videos and you know, even watching another one where um, I think it was being streamed when barely infected, I mentioned it before, stopped um, Renee and FT from shooting you uh, when you were down at that little village. Uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yes. Renee is a terrible liar, by the way. You could hear it in his voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, that's, that's one of the unique things of Daisy. It just allows for so many... Uh, I don't, I don't know whether you watch much of the guy, but my favourite content creator at the moment is Fubar Bundy. For me... I am familiar with Bundy. If if people ask me to recommend one content creator for DayZ, I would always say Fubar Bundy because he shows just what you can do with this game if you're prepared to interact with people. His last video, River Boys, was on an experiment... was on a stress test server that was only up for a few hours, and he managed to make nearly 20 minutes, I think it was of amazing interaction content on what is traditionally just people go on the stress test to kill each other. Um, yet he managed to have this whole band of people running around um, behaving as this clan called the River Boys. It was absolutely amazing. The guy um, epitomizes what Daisy is for me. You know, a little, uh, little caveat here is I, I recognize you didn't say that your favorite Australian content creator was Vigilante Gamer. And that, Vig, is entirely because you don't make enough videos. Exactly, yes. Vigilante is the king of his genre. Um, those immersive experience videos. Um, that the, one, the best video of his I can think of is that one where he's sitting at the well in Zelenogorsk. And that guy runs past in the distance in the middle of the night. Um, and he just talks about how it made him feel, how, you know, the, the tension, the, the quickening of his heartbeat and that. And it's totally true. Because he plays such a cautious player now. He used to be very PvP like a lot of people. Even Renee admits he used to be very PvP. But, yeah, Vidge, unfortunately, I can't say what he does for a living now. Um, he wants to keep that relatively quiet. Um, but his, I know, his I know. IRL know. life has... Um, overtaken his online life which is very sad because god uh, it, it, it was an honor to play with him an honor that he even wanted to play with an idiot like me yeah i think that was one of the first times i genuinely fanboyed uh meeting someone it was when i first met him in yep. melbourne uh, and i'll, I'll send uh, you, you know, the photos i've got photos this. of that i'll send them to you <laughs> i don't think i ever told him this uh, but when he first started making videos and sharing them on YouTube, I was I was having a hell of a time falling asleep because I was constantly stressed about Daisy, and uh, 
watching his videos would often calm me down and allow me to fall asleep. Yep. He's just got such a beautiful way of delivering his content. No fancy introduction or nothing like that. Just that little zap, zap sound like a bug zapper. And then you just start talking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who are we up to now? America 97. Are there any new projects at Bohemia that use the infusion engine? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not the right person to ask, but I know that was the plan for Arma 4. Yeah, I think everyone knows that. KDMP Rays, could you discuss the team's morale? What were some of the biggest ups and downs over development, and does the community's vitriol have effect on any on everyone? Um, and he also adds, are there any Reddit posts that help boost morale for you guys? Uh, well, to answer the last one, I can't think of anything specific. I will say this much. The big morale booster is just watching someone enjoy it. You see someone playing a new build and having fun. That's, that's huge. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't want to speak for the team right now. It's, it's their place to talk about how they feel, but I can say that, we have all had our ups and downs as a team, and some of the, the toughest spots are towards the tail end of when it builds out, you know, right before the, a new update, when something's been out long in the tooth, and people have seen it, you know, warts and all, and are very upset about it, and it's, you know, the developers are incompetent, the developers are taking the money and running, the developers are this, the developers are that, they're the worst <laughs> thing since Trump was voted into office, you know, it's just... That's that's rough because no one that works on Daisy is there for the money. Like, yes, they they need a paycheck for a job, but the paycheck isn't what keeps them going and working hard on it. I don't know if that makes much sense. No, it does. But it's it not does. a it's nothing to write home about. It's nothing to write home about. They they pay well for the Czech Republic, yes, but it's nothing to write home about. This isn't like oh, it's uh, it's, it's it's not it's not like a union rate or something. You know, it's they're there and they're still clocking away on it, and they haven't moved other projects because they love Daisy uh, and they want to see it finished. And it just it is so fucking demoralizing when people call that into question, when they question their competence, when they question their gen general human decency. It's just, it's really shitty. G Walker 2776. Uh, Brian gives the best interviews. Even though he isn't on the team anymore, I'm still intensely curious as to what he has to say about the project. He can't wait. Uh, so I hope you've been happy so far. Um, he does have a specific question, though. Um, and you may or may not be able to answer this one, but is stamina affected if you're on trails or roads compared to rough terrain? I can't answer that. Uh, I genuinely question, don't know. Uh, the engine should definitely be capable of making that determination, uh, especially considering I know that I'm pretty confident we talked about this. The team uh, uh, has been working towards for quite some time. Uh, um, uh, the audio side of the engine, uh, being able to recognize the material that's used uh, in, in you know 
in a 3D space to determine the levels of reverb and volume and such. Uh, so determining what material is below the character as they're traversing the terrain should be entirely possible in this engine. It's definitely possible in Unreal, so I don't say why it wouldn't be possible in Infusion. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if the DAISY team doesn't do it, I can guarantee a competent modder could if they wanted to. Gecko time. Speaking of modding, with mod support right around the corner, well, um, since the time you posted this question and now um, it's pretty much here, but what kind of mods are you expecting to happen and which ones are you looking forward to? And in that regard, what kind of things, if any, did you personally like to add to Daisy but never got a chance because it doesn't fit with the usual design of Daisy? Oh, well, Peter asked me this the other day when we were talking about modding. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to add... Uh, an entire system around uh, around the processing, the growing and processing uh, and harvesting, the whole the whole fucking deal of uh, of illicit substances. I was going to write a whole thing since I dealt with it a bit in 5M about uh, making um, uh, methamphetamine. Yep. And DayZ and the effects it could have, the pros and the cons. I thought I didn't feel like it really fit DayZ, but uh, if like if I was to tinker around, I think that's where I would start. Okay. Quartz Puffy Star, will you join Dean and play a session of DayZ together once it's fully released, just for the old times? Also, to make Dean consider making a mod of his mod. I don't know if Dean will make a mod of his mod. I think Dean is still every day getting slag about DayZ. Um. And I can't speak to whether or not he'd be interested in playing with me, like, on a stream. I can guarantee I can get his ass in a game uh, on her own. Um, and I, uh, that to, to book in that, I did rather foolishly make a commitment to do a 24-hour stream uh, alongside uh, Austin, uh, X-Mac, formerly X-Mac, now TSM Smack, um, 24-hour Daisy stream when it hits 1.0. So I am kind of locked into that. Yep. Uh, maybe that's why I said uh, Daisy has no business being 1.0 in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> the longer you leave it, the harder it will get, mate. You're only getting older. Oh, good point. Okay. Um, he also asked, when does your NDA with um, Bohemia Interactive uh, end? People want a documentary about Daisy development, which I agree. I think that would be fascinating for... Um, you know, the fact that Daisy's held up as um, one of the first big titles to do a very public early access program. And I think a lot of people would be interested in the, the goings-on um, behind the scenes in that. I'd be interested to see Noclip do it. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, my NDA is in, in perpetuity. Um, but that said, I... Bimi is not a litigious company, especially with old employees, and I don't think it would benefit them nor I to slog it out. It's really about like when is the right time to start talking about things. Um, you know, yeah. when, you know when it's 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 definitely not during development. The so more than uh, likely would see something like the previous question about GDC. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know, when the right time to do uh, a genuine post mortem comes around, um, that might be the right time to start. Yeah, for, for something that like, like that to happen, but I have no idea if Danny and the guys at NoClip would be interested in doing that. Yeah. Now this question, I'm not quite sure um, of the reference to it. Um, I haven't heard of the Planet Blue, but he says, 
What are your thoughts in the potential of a merger of Bohemia Interactive's Planet Blue with a title like Daisy in the future, like in 10 years' time? Hold on a second. Let me Google Planet Blue because I have no fucking idea what it is. Ah, that's not a BI title. It's a BI Sims title. Uh, like m much of what uh, BI Sims does, it's it's not it's not consumer viable. That's yep. taking niche and going to a whole other level of niche. Uh, it's like developing an entire title for VR when the only VR headset out was the Oculus DK1. I just, I don't know. I don't. And uh, keep in mind, Bohemian Interactive Simulations, which is a completely different company than Bohemian Interactive Studio, uh, they separated years and years and years and years ago. Um, their shit is expensive as fuck. Like, so expensive. Oh, my God. Um, I just, I don't see it being viable. Okay. His last question is, what's the most mean comment you have ever seen about the devs on Reddit? On Reddit? Usually the really bad shit's on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I never looked at Facebook because I was advised by one of our community managers to not bother. Um... I did see someone um, question the general competency in a very, very aggressive and disrespectful fashion uh, of Peter uh, as as a, as a fucking human, and uh, I thought it was terrible. I've seen people say some nasty shit. People have, uh, in fact, I'm not sure. It was I think it was Twitter. Someone told me uh, in not so many words. Um, that the the cause for the death of my grandfather was that I had scammed millions of people. Um, I've I've had people I've had people um, focused on illicitly recording uh, members of my 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 direct personal life uh, to gain dirt on me and make drama of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had uh, people compromise friends' Facebook accounts just to go through my Facebook contacts that are restricted to friends only and then harass uh, members of my family that don't realize who they are, uh, like my grandmother and my aunts and my uncles. Uh, I've had uh, folks uh, try to uh, convince members of my family that I was dead. I've had... I've I've seen folks literally wish for Dean's death while climbing mountains. Uh, people have sent me messages hoping that my plane is shot down while flying across uh, to Pax Australia. Uh, and the list goes on. It sounds like there's yeah, just a never-ending. I've had I've it. had ex-girlfriends ask me uh, why I keep screenshots of it. I have thousands upon thousands of screenshots of some of the worst things people have said to me. I don't know why I keep it. Maybe because the, maybe because I want to have it and point to it when people tell me uh, that it's not that bad or that I don't deserve it. Maybe I just want to remember who the people are that would say this kind of stuff to me. Yeah. I've had people that I've gone out of my way for to do nice things for 
that later on, because they disagreed with how something happened in Daisy, have essentially, not essentially, have flat out openly in a public forum accused me of being a money-grubbing thief, a thief that I've done things for money. I, there's no fucking profit sharing for anybody that works on Daisy. We don't own any bit of it. I don't have stocks in Bohemia. I never got a pay raise uh, for the amount of sales that were done. I never got an attaboy from anybody in the company. My, none of my decisions or anybody on my team's decision was motivated by wanting money or prestige. It was because we believed we were doing what was right. We believed in our decisions because we fucking cared about the game. And for and the internet sometimes, uh, I yeah. kind of wonder if we're be- better off without it. <laughs> it's an argument I have with my uh, son. Uh, he's uh, 17 regarding anonymity on the internet. Um, I feel that there's not enough accountability for a lot of people, but he's of the belief that it needs to be anonymous. Um, it's something we disagree on quite strongly, but yeah. Minge Blaster, will you ever start streaming again? Well, you're hinting that you may be soon. So if you haven't, there'll be a link in the description. Uh, make sure you give uh, Brian a follow on uh, Twitch and hit that um, receive notifications bell. Because um, I imagine if he does it, he won't make a big song and dance about it. He'll just do it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I don't want to flood people's timelines that follow me on Twitter with like I'm streaming now. So, that's probably the best. Okay, Lappin, La Pippin, sorry, has quite a few questions. Um, so the first one we've already answered: How often do you play DayZ, um, and do you still find it fun? Well, obviously yes, and you're playing it quite a bit. Um, this next one is, is quite interesting of his. For me, it seems nighttime in DayZ has always been an afterthought. Do the devs care about having a balanced and functioning nighttime? Well, again, I can't speak for the the team, um, but I can say that the the topic of night is something that was constantly brought up. It was the whole reason why we now have light respecting the geometry of any given structure or or static mesh uh, in the world. You know, uh, for those that don't recall, uh, used to be the geometry was completely ignored. You know, you drop a flare in a building, and that sucker acts yeah. like the building isn't there. That this was all absolutely critical to night uh, nighttime gameplay, and a lot of work has been put into how dark nighttime is, and and there is night vision goggles coming down the pipeline. It's a rare item. There's you know the flashlights and the flares and the campfires. And God, Peter, if you're hearing this, you need to increase the render distance on those fires, man. That's too short. Um, yeah, it's 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 never been an afterthought. Uh, the problem is a lot of players, it's just, they don't like it. Yeah. Uh, they it, It's easier to play during the nighttime, so let's play during the nighttime. I would like to see, and I'll talk to Peter about this, if he's got the time to talk to me, he's a very busy man right now, but I would like to see experimentation with certain spawns only occurring when the server is at a specific time of day. So maybe the loot is better during the night, or maybe certain things or AI only uh, spawn during the night. Maybe a certain dynamic event only yep. happens during the night. Incentivize the night rather than try and force them into it. Make them want it more. It sort of ties into, I believe they've got to spend a bit more time working on, um, and I imagine choppers will be a big part of this, but 
There needs to be loot that is unique to certain locations just to encourage people to move around the map and not just all gravitate either on the coast or at the Northwest Airfield slash Tizzy, for example. Um, you know, loot that is specific to Novo, loot that is specific to Zelly. Um, yeah, I like that um, certain things look uh, the, the current in system areas. completely allows that. Yeah. Mm. Um, what is your idea of a perfect day-night cycle? Mm. Uh, maybe half an hour to an hour per. Yep. Or maybe days are a little bit longer than nights. Nighttime should be substantial enough that you can get a good feel for it and have a lot of fun, but not so long that it, it, it it's a hindrance and it's annoying. Yeah. Like a, a, an hour, somewhere between a half an hour to an hour of night is great, I think. Yeah. Is there any but way that, sorry? In, in true, I don't mean to interrupt, but in true Bohemian Interactive fashion, that needs to be a variable that can be configured by server owners. It shouldn't be just just piecemeal, or not piecemeal, but just blanket forced yeah. to everyone. It should be an option. Is there any way that BI can prevent public hype players from server hopping in order to play only days, uh, daylight service? Well, it, it's not a matter of is there a way that they can do it. It's does it make sense to dedicate the resources needed to do it that would be needed to completely address that problem. Does that make sense? Versus knowing that the players will, once you put out an initiative, a new method, a new system, to, to de-incentivize that, they're going to find a way around it. That is what they do. Just with enough time, there is always more players than there are developers. Yeah. And that manpower will churn through the problem and find a work around, around it. So ideally, you just de-incentivize it as much as possible so that it, it's annoying to do it, rather than try and completely stop it. If the technology severely limits the amount of infected on the map, would it make sense to make them stronger instead of increasing their numbers? Well, I think it's, it, that's not, it's, not, it's not that simple. I mean, if it's a matter of, you know, does, does the platform not... Is, it the, is the platform not able to support the amount of infected quantity-wise that it needs to? Uh, if that's the case, then the first thing that needs to happen is being more intelligent in how you're spawning them. You know, look at you know proximity spawning, event spawning within areas, more of a trigger-based, but not specifically script triggers, uh, but more of a servlet trigger-based or central economy trigger-based system so you concentrate those infected more around players and around player proximity than spreading them out. So yep. it gives the illusion of more, despite the fact that there's actually less. Um, and as far as like adjusting their difficulty and the damage they do, that's definitely a card in the designer's deck. But first should be, how are we using this resource? Let's use it more efficiently to give the player the illusion of more of them around at all times. I think that should be something that um, server owners should be able to play with as well, how powerful the zombies are. So, you know, someone who wants to create a more hardcore server can create them where they're a, a real threat, uh, but probably not until stealth is um, at an optimal sort of point where you can get around them. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes straight down to it, modifying data, it really is just a float value in a script somewhere and a config. 
Uh, so I can guarantee, yes, they can they can fuck with that all they want. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you are correct, and it should entirely be entirely be. Delivered. Okay, what's the upper technical limit for the amount of concurrent players on one server? Where do you think is the sweet spot? Well, I don't know what the upper technical limit is. I get the impression it's 127. Um, I think the sweet spot as a designer is, as I said before, 75 to 100. I think yep. below that, and you're not seeing players enough. I think above 100, and you're seeing players too often. I think 256 square kilometers of terrain is a 75 to 100 players, ideally, with good server performance. In many interviews, the devs have said that very little gameplay balancing and number tweaking has been done. If and when do you think this is likely to happen? Uh, that, well, I mean, typically, traditionally, something like that, the level of detail pass on balancing would occur either towards the end of a milestone, if it was a traditionally public, uh, published project on later milestones, or towards the end of uh, the development cycle. So I'd say the first large focus on this kind of po uh, polished stuff should occur in the first few builds uh, before what we would consider a... Uh, uh, MVP, um, uh, Minimum Viable Product, or an RTM build, Release to Manufacturing. So if their intent is to have Daisy leave Early Access 1.0 this year, then that kind of stuff should start happening no later than mid-November? But again, I don't fucking see that happening. So, I don't know. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to doubt anybody's capabilities. Just let's be realistic here. If you could use a magic wand to start changing the numbers yourself, what are the first things you would like to balance? Well, I always thought uh, the uh, time to empowerment ratio, uh, the amount of time that a player has to invest uh, into uh, or towards the minimum amount of gear before they feel empowered enough uh, to take on the threats further inland mm -hmm. I always thought that 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 time the time to max to time to optimum loot to time to basic loot uh, really needs to be iterated upon and focused upon which hopefully will occur during that polish pass uh, but that's where things like if you look at this the central economy data um, for the offline mode uh, that the servers the the private servers run the community servers you'll see a lot of essentially very similar to like unreal gameplay tags and such a lot of tags and, conf and configurable um, uh, values, like in an array, uh, that define like where something can spawn, uh, restrictions on what uh, region of Trinaris it's allowed to be in, uh, the tags that it has on it. All this is things that iterated through time, trying to allow us more precise control over what loot is on the coast and what loot is in the in the the high risk areas. Um, I. You know, if, if I could start tweaking numbers, I would jump straight into to the economy on that and, and yep. start uh, tweaking specifically south coast, you know, the, the spawn region volumes. What What is restricted to those areas, the quantity of things in those areas? That would be my first stop. And he says experienced players can run out of things to do quite quickly. Do you think some sort of end game goals outside of bases are important? Me, I disagree. I don't think DayZ should have end goal or end game. Um, but what are your thoughts? I mean, well, the end game, 
really, I think, for days. It should be whatever you want to achieve that day. Yeah. Uh, often, the nature of a game and the nature of game playing means the rarest things are the hardest to find things, the hardest to achieve things tend to be in-game, whether they're defined that way by designers or not. So, you know, your helicopters, your trucks, uh, building a base, um, taking over a town, whatever it is. Permanence on the world, player permanence on the world tends to be, within Daisy what we view as in-game. Um, and I forgot what his question was past that. <laughs> um, where was it again? Uh, do you think some sort of in-game goals outside of bases are important? No, it's just all about player permanence. Like, in, it, it, if you if you just you can distill it all down to player permanence. Players projecting their goals onto the world, uh, the world being the server that they're on, and and you know expanding upon that. So you know, making sure those those base building or barricading whatever it uh, may be, players having an impact on the world itself and shaping it to what they want. I think is is the closest thing you can get to end game, allowing okay. them to define what the end game is. Um, I'm skipping his next question because it was just about players being unaffected by dampness, cold, and illnesses and that. But as we can see, they're slowly uh, implementing or iterating that. Um, illnesses are back in the game already. Um, just not fatal, I don't believe, but they do have the sickness effects. Um, and temperature. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm watching my temperature gauge fluctuating up and down while we're just sitting here. So it looks like they've started working Oh, yeah. You know well. I thought was really cool? This is uh, the guy that gave me the pig steaks earlier. He gave me a baked one and a boiled one. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, those tags are in and functional? And awesome. the boiled one, I swear to God, hydrated me. <laughs> that was really cool. Okay. Do you think there will ever be a point at which stability is no longer their primary concern and can begin to focus more heavily on content, features, and balancing gameplay? Well, any any title that is open world to the degree that Daisy is, stability is always going to be a focus because every time you put new content and every time you make an iterative change, there's a risk to stability. So it's always going to be something they're focused on. That's why they have live teams and live ops on titles like this. Uh, but I, I mean, I hope as we get closer to their 1.0 goal that you know the focus ends up being exactly where you'd like to, it to see. Um, man. Wish I could just help Peter out right now. They've got a mountain of work ahead of them. Yeah. Um, and and so many things they want to get done. Uh, and there's the stupid ticking clock. I, I'm not a fan of it. How do you feel about loot spawns in point six three right now? It's a lot better than it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's a lot better. I I still think there's room for improvement, but. Um, I don't know. I, there's still a chance to starve. You know, I like that. It's possible. Um, there's uh, there's chances to find really cool shit. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a lot better than it has been. I think the economy right now is in the healthiest state it's ever been in, 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 the, in the development. I recall you put a tweet out um, many years ago where someone had done a, uh, a concept fan art of a uh, dynamic event of like a fortified... House. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've still got that bookmarked. Uh, that was a uh, yeah, it was a house. I think it was a, a Svetlo house uh, that had been fortified. Yeah, it looked like it had been fortified, but then it had, like it had been it was a fortification that had that had been attacked, and and there was like zombies around it and stuff. It looked really cool. That is something I would love to know if modders are going to be able to do, because that I thought was yeah, you know, when you're spawning on the coast, 
generally you're very light so that it's a high risk but potentially a high reward to go in and clear it out or yeah you know obviously in order to support that it's going to need to be you know full modding not just the soft touch modding we have right now modders are going to have to be able to release client-side data yeah um but uh yeah that's entirely doable um radios megaphones and pa systems have made for some really fun interaction recently do you think in-game radios need to be more user-friendly? Battery consumption, rare ability, usability, you've sort of covered on that. Yeah, they need to, uh, the radio needs to spawn with the player, 100%. We've spawned flashlights, we've spawned flares, we've yeah. spawned rags. You know, let's spawn a fucking radio, something that opens up more gameplay uh, opportunities for them. Um, I'd extend the... I, I Well, obviously I would spawn the battery in the radio, and I'd extend the lifetime of the battery... Um, there's been a lot of hullabaloo about like, well, then, you know, there'll be batteries everywhere. I think sometimes we're just too fucking afraid of what could happen when we should be trying and experimenting. And I, I genuinely firmly believe that, yes, the, the potentially the range. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't seen the values in script of what the current distance is configured for the transceiver. Potentially, maybe that should be bumped up a little bit. Um, and I would like to see some confirmation of the transmission like to let you know you've transmitted. I don't like the fact that that's kind of not there. Like the, maybe a little, you know, bleep, you know, that you would get on any kind of handheld radio. But, um, oh, fuck. I mean, there's so much. God, it's though I am really in love with those systems. And, yes, I, I think they need to be a little more accessible. I think they're a little too hard right now as far as, like, achieving the goal of enabling them. Now, he says a lot of veteran players treat their characters as disposable and players don't really value their life as much as they once might have. In a game where your only goal is to stay alive, how do you think survival more could be more encouraged? I think soft skills adds to it, but what's your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, soft skills. Soft skills is huge. Uh, the, the, the idea of training up a character to be able to be really proficient in a certain area, and then you don't want to lose that. You don't want to fucking lose that. Um, and, and you know, permit. This is it's like it's like the old uh, the old stat loss in Ultima Online for for murderers. Like if you died as a murderer and resurrected, I see my memory serves me right. And resurrected at the Chaos Shrine, the only place a uh, a murderer flagged person could be resurrected without you know a, a mage, a player mage resurrecting you. Uh, you would you would you would lose progress on your stats. They would they would dip. Skill and stat loss was a thing. Um, so maybe maybe we don't wipe the soft skills completely on death, or maybe that's maybe that's a variable that the server can uh, operators can set. Like, do we wipe skills on death? Uh, maybe instead, maybe the the stock variable, maybe the stock setting is uh, that they're just reduced. So mm -hmm. you roll back a little bit of your progress, but not all of your progress. But I really feel like the value on the character is 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 right there on the skills and it's just we haven't seen we have they haven't hit so we haven't been able to see like in practice versus in theory how players would play with that yeah you think that right now staying alive is too easy i know i do i am a horrible judge of that like at, at this point i can't take my my own i i i could play daisy with my toes and stay alive yeah. Like, this is... I'm a bad judge for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you bring a good point there. It's probably... It's hard to judge when you're an experienced player. 
either experienced or a reason. You put the hours in, but we can all remember our very first times playing DayZ, be it the mod or be it standalone, and just dying and dying and dying because you didn't know how to find food. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, I crawled all the way from fucking Pit Kozlovka, you know, Skyrim Mountain, yep. uh, to Electro on my belly in the nighttime. <laughs> Thinking that was what I needed to do to stay alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, if solo players can manage just fine on their own, they may be less inclined to team up with people they find. Do you think the difficulty or lack of has any impact on the quality of player interaction? Potentially. I would also say the opportunity to organize said player interaction at a safer distance is gone because the radios are so hard to come across. I'm a broken record on this radio issue, but I really think we're fucking up by not taking advantage of them. I say we as the Daisy team. I think you'll find a lot of people in the comments to this agree. Then again, I'm just a player, you know? <laughs> Five seven clown, how are you enjoying being back in the States? I left what I felt was I left what I felt was a country that knew itself and maybe I was wrong and came back to some elements. I, I came back to a very divided country. I came back to a country that has lost, I've, maybe we never had it, but I feel like I, we've lost our national identity and I have seen fear of others, fear of change, fear of losing something. I don't know what uh, grip people. I've seen Americans turn against Americans. I've seen Americans treat uh, our neighbors as subhuman. And I have seen nationalism and symbolism weaponized. I... I am not proud of my country because of a flag or because I come from a, a family that wore a uniform. Those are symbols. They're pieces of cloth. This country is... I, was, I left a country I was proud of because of its ideals and its principles. And I feel like I came back to a divided nation where some people are more concerned about symbols and tribes. And less concerned about what is right and just for all. So that's how I feel about coming back to the States. <laughs> so what do you miss the most about the Czech Republic then?
maybe maybe I had my head in my sand while I was there. But um, while they might not have been as progressive as the Pacific Northwest Society I left on certain social issues, I didn't see much actual hate. There is some. They are not perfect. But I, at the time, the majority of my time there, before the attacks in Paris and, and Brussels, I felt it was more about being human. Yeah. Sure, there's there's a lot of taking the piss out of people, you know. And and I'm all for that. I, I'm I'm all for a little bit of ribbing, of good good natured fun, of jokes. But I did feel I I do miss at least the illusion. Maybe it was an illusion, I don't know, but I do miss the feeling of respect for your fellow man. And, you know, that might just be me. You know how nostalgia is. You know, like in... Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm sugarcoating... Rose-tinted glasses. My time there. Who knows? Yes, yes. Um, now, you've answered whether you still play the game, uh, but I do like his addendum to that question. When you do play, do you play under an assumed name? And when you meet people, say, do you know who I am? And when they don't, you shoot them in the face and say, do you know now? Uh, no, no. I don't think I've... Ever there was one time I can recall playing Daisy where I tried to use who I was to my advantage, and it was uh, in Chennai Polana. Shortly after the town was added, um, I had made friends with a uh, I made friends with an Austrian uh, guy who didn't speak too much English, and um, We got held up around the fire station. I was on the other side, and I could hear someone uh, holding him up and saying they were going to kill him. They were going to kill him if I, if I didn't come out right now. And I was trying to get around the side of the, the building around the back to get to them. And I remember them saying, you know, five, four, three, too late, and went to fire. And as they said too late, I remember screaming. I was playing this at the office. Um, I remember screaming, Please don't. My name is Brian Hicks. I'm a producer of Daisy. Don't kill my friend. It was too late. <laughs> and what happened after? Uh, what happened after uh, is... Uh, I think I might actually have a clip of this somewhere. I, I, there was a you know, gun battle on the streets. I was running from them. I turned around after they took a couple pot shots with their Mosin and uh, got a, a center mass shot that unconned, uh, unconned, and this is back when you could still speak while unconned. Yep, and, I missed that. And uh, I ran up, and I said, just kidding, my name is Dean Hall, and you just got Dean! <laughs> and uh, that's good, that's good. Um, his next question, what genre of game would you work on next if you had the choice? Open world. I don't really care what genre it is, as long as it is open world, and it, uh, it it supports emerging gameplay. So the systems are there to provide a framework for the the interactions and actions of players. That's what that's what really gets my 
That's what gets my my pecker hard, as my grandpa would say. Okay. How much input does a lead producer have into the actual game features? Is the overall design a team effort? How were the final decisions made? I was a terrible uh, lead producer. Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, um, I spent most of my time in more of a creative directive role, despite holding the title of uh, lead producer. Uh, most traditional po uh, production tasks were handled uh, by David Dorchak, or then later on uh, by Eugen when we bumped into associate producer from Build Engineer, which is what he was hired for. Uh, so I always held more of a role of interaction with the leads and interaction on the high-level vision and working with Peter and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm a terrible example for uh, production roles. Amical comes in. Are you a fan of the new control system? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it needs some iteration, but it's it's getting better. It's getting a lot better. Earlier versions, I was a little like, yeah, I don't know about this, but um, they've got, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a tall task to get the control scheme to support everything it needs, everything the players want to, everything they want to. But uh, it's, 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 it's made a lot of strides, so I can say I'm a fan. It's definitely got room for improvement, but I'm a fan. It's getting there. Citizen Z1000, ah, Hicks, I always loved you. Sad to see you leave, but I had a friend I met in game that knew one of your previous friends from Microsoft and said we could write a letter of questions to you one day if they are education-based. I'm not sure if I still know him or where he is at, but that was cool. But I was wondering if you would ever make or help with any Daisy mods in the future as you did with the Armour 2 mods. You've sort of answered this one, but we'll touch yeah. on it again for him. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still a staff member over at OpenDaisy.net from the Taviana days. And I've uh, tried to help uh, Ponzer out over there and like cross-posting some stuff, like the unofficial API documentation that we're posting on Reddit. And like I, I've been going through my old data and finding stuff on like old hard drives from like a document that had all the player spawns for like September 2014 or, uh, you know, uh, dynamic event locations, stuff like that. Uh, I definitely, uh, you know, I'll definitely do my best to help out when I can. Um, I'm probably not going to lead the charge on another mod like I did back in the Arma days, uh, you know, just because one, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of excess baggage that comes with being one of the lead developers of the project. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, uh, I'm really enjoying modifying uh, the Rage Engine through 5M. Uh, and I'm still not, I I'm not done achieving what I wanted to achieve over there. And it's really cool being able to, you know, discuss things with like-minded uh, people from the Arma modding community that made their way over there, like uh, Coil from No Pixel. Occasionally, I'll toss uh, ideas back and forth to him. Or Raging Ravage from uh, the RP First community. We we talk every now and then. It's it's like a much much chiller uh, version of the Arma modding community, yeah. and I'm enjoying that. But I'm going to play the fuck out of mods for Daisy. You can bet your ass on that one. Scruddy88 to Brian. How does it make you feel when you see the way some members of the community express their disappointment over the state of the game that you worked very hard on? Disappointment is fine. It's healthy. It's needed. I am a huge critic of my own work. Um, the only thing that's ever disappointing is when it's dehumanizing. That's yeah. it, you know. 
that's the that's the the, the disappointing part. That's that's the only disappointing part. Vernon Price, as a lead designer, if you come up with the feature, what are the worst fears you can think of after presenting it to programmers? And are there like any limit rules of what to think of in the first place? Best regards, Price. Well, a lot of designers, at least tech, you know, designers with a technical background, like in, in scripting and such, tend to like to to fancy themselves like, you know, I'm like a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I can I can talk their language. I know the I know the terms, you know. I, I, it, it, it can't be nearly as hard as they imply it is because when I write it up in you know SQF or in Lua or or in Enscript, it's so much easier. Uh, honestly, my biggest fear anytime I would sit down and talk with the engineers is as I'm going through something trying to speak their language because I dabble a little bit in C++ that secretly in the back of their minds are thinking, holy shit, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> love that <laughs> love it okay actually spirit you know spirit question for hicks hey brian cousin spirit here now that you've separated from daisy and had some time to dabble with 5m have you got any future plans to join another development team in a similar role or will you remain dabbling in your interests also miss you we'll speak to you soon hopefully i mean i mean actually i've, I've probably spoken to him since he's written that question yeah um I mean, to be honest, I have been a member of a development team for for 5M, uh, a team on modding 5M and, and the Rage Engine through 5M uh, for a while now. I just haven't told anybody about it because I'm enjoying, you know, throwing caution to the wind and breaking shit and trying things that may or may not work. And uh, I don't want the baggage that comes with, like, oh, he's a professional developer. He must not make any mistakes. Yeah, no, I, I I like half-assing some things and prototyping some things and just being, you know, ghostwriting, essentially. having I have got a friend from Australia that's effectively my ghostwriter, hands down. He is my ghostwriter. If anybody asks, oh, yeah, all those new features are great. Thanks, you know, Hicks. I'd be like, oh, don't thank me. Thank him. He did all the work. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to be able to fuck around. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to continue. That. What what is 5M? 5M, uh, in layman's terms, is a uh, community, uh, an anonymous community, uh, written uh, framework interacting with the natives uh, and uh, <clears throat> the native functions and assets. Oh, sorry, uh, from uh, Grand Theft Auto V, specifically the single player stuff with their own network stack written around it. So it's it's modding GTA Online, but not modding GTA Online yep. because the network stack is their own. Okay. Next question is from Uncooper. Now, before I go into the question, have you watched any of his podcasts, The Daisy Compass? I'm aware of The Compass. But I haven't, no. Should check it out. It is definitely a very interesting um, uh, watch. He usually has one special guest on, and the three main people is himself, Rage Bra, and Septic Falcon. The last one they had um, was Dude I Rage. Oh, God, who... Jason. Sorry? Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, I know Dude I Rage. Yeah. I'm sorry, you said Septic Falcon, and instantly was like, oh, Jason. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen uh, Dude's uh, stuff on Twitch. Yeah. 
Very good. Very good. Um, it was a very interesting podcast. So I'll put links to it in the description of the video and also hopefully a pop-up now on the screen as well. Um, but definitely uh, great hearing um, people who are very passionate about the game, even if they don't always agree. Um, but listening to them just talk about um, things as well. I said to him he needs to do it fortnightly after each status report so they can discuss everything that's come out. Um, but his question is, yeah. when yourself and Dean used to sit down and start throwing ideas around for standalone, what were the craziest concepts? Uh, that Dean somehow thought it would be a good idea that people would need to uh, piss and shit, and he thought that would be great because we would track, uh, probably in server-side memory, I would hope not in like a binarized storage file, we would track uh, the the level of feces in a given area, which would then, of course, attract rats and insects and <laughs> make an area uh, not viable for uh, human occupation without, like, hazardous suits. Yes, this is all really fucking cool, but there's a couple problems out the gate. One, there's no fucking way we could have pulled that off with what we had at the start. Yeah. And two... Uh, the given nature of Daisy players, which sometimes, you know, bless Dean's heart, I feel like he was a little out of touch with that, would mean that the coastal cities would be an absolute fucking wasteland of feces and urine yeah. at all times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, that's awesome. Um, he says he's watched the RTX 2015 panel, specifically the base building part, tens of times. He loves the concept for improvised camps, but other base building ideas like barricading, epoch towers, or even caravans are often thought about for base building. Why was the improvised camp idea chosen over other options? Personally, he says he can't wait to build a few walls in a tower and light up with a generator. Uh, so the, you know, the the existing watchtower that we we have within the base building mechanics, which I think I showed in that presentation, the HESCO barriers, the generators, all of that stuff came from a concept the idea that started us down that line was from a, a, a Daisy Mod concept that showed like an improvised player base, which I also have bookmarked somewhere. It's still up on DeviantArt. What I really wanted to avoid, and for fans of Epoch, I apologize, but everybody has their own vision of what Daisy is. Everybody has what they think Daisy is. So I'm not trying to tell you what you think Daisy is is wrong, but those fucking towers, in my perspective, all that sky bases and shit like that is absolute balls yeah it's just it it is shit i don't want to see anything in daisy base wise that doesn't look like it fucking belongs i it, th that kind of stuff instantly pulls me out like i love the guys that did h1z1 some of my my biggest friends by that i mean just survive uh, of course i'm also friends with the folks that, that, that did uh um king of kill and stuff like that but the uh, the method that they took with just like this repeating texture set and just it just it just uh, you see it and you're like Ugh, I don't I don't believe this belongs in this world. But should it, was should there be the capacity to do it though? Because obviously some people enjoy it. Should that be and will well, I mean, that be something that modders will be able to do? Honestly, Boydy, what the modders can pull off with considering how how low level Enscript is, how bare metal access it has to the engine. They're going to be able to do damn near anything they want. Yeah. Hands down. So those the, that want the to limit, do it will be able to, the primary but the vanilla, limit, no. Oh, yes. The primary yeah. limit is only going to be their own imagination and their own competency. That is it. Yeah. Um, but for me, when we were deciding base building, 
it had to be something that made sense. When he saw it, it looked like it belonged here. It didn't look like, oh, lol, I'm playing a video game. Because when I'm playing Daisy, and, and that was always a thing for me, was I'm, I'm not playing a game, I'm in a world. And the things I see there need to look like they belong in the world. Okay. We are now on to the final questions, mate. So the first question I have for you is, how do you feel about the direction the game is going in since your departure from the development team roughly five months ago, and even during the last few months in the team? I mean, I haven't seen any major deviations if we're talking design, the direction of the design, mm -hmm. uh, since I left. Um, you know, I'm obviously not a fan of, of what I, I, I perceive, uh, but again, I'm from the outside looking in. I perceive to be uh, management level, you know, corporate management level pushes uh, to get the, to slap a 1.0 on it before it's ready. Um, but, I mean, Peter's, Peter does not need me. Peter knows what the fuck he's doing. Uh, we might disagree on the radio thing, but Peter knows what he is doing. Uh, and the people on the team, you know, everybody from, from Vrata to Marchand to, to Lubos to, to Victor, they all know exactly what they're doing. So it's not like I depart Bohemia and suddenly the ship veers sharply to port. You know, that's not the case. Sort of touching on with the um, Xbox thing, well, not really sort of touching on, this one really does touch on it. Some people are worried about um, that Bohemia Interactive's focus for DayZ now is all about console. They pretty much exhausted most sales they would have um, they could have made from PC, but console is a massive new market for them and potentially a huge new source of revenue. Has anything changed, or are those with this concern getting worked up over nothing? Honestly, I feel like the design we laid forth with DayZ is it's not console friendly. Uh, it, it's not like it's it's Fortnite or PUBG. It's not like just a pick up and go. Daisy is a difficult game to understand and master. And honestly, most of the time, your console audience, because it's a you know a TV set box, it's a couch kind of thing, you know, on a controller with limited input, they're not looking for that complex kind of uh, thing. Not in droves, at least. There are consumers out there for it, but I don't think shy of them taking Daisy and completely redesigning the interactivity to it, which they're not going to do because Bohemia is a fucking simulator company. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know, fucking cheetahs don't lose their spots, you know. Um, I'm, I'm certain that the technology base for Daisy, the infusion engine and such, enables them to do more stuff with to this, these, this kind of level in the future. But if I was to say, you know, Bohemia and console company and stuff, I'd look at more stuff like Vigor. You know, Vigor is, is clearly a title that's much easier for a wider audience to pick up. Yeah. Daisy is not a wide audience title, you know. I still have to explain Daisy to fucking game developers that, that don't quite understand what's going on. You know, it's it's I don't think Daisy is at risk of losing that. Maybe future projects, but not Daisy. Okay. So you you touched on this a bit, but um I wanted to revisit it again. What was it like when Dean took off to Mount Everest and started disappearing from the team well the Mount Everest thing happened like a year plus uh from when he left 
when he left for Mount Everest, it was there was barely a game, there was barely a team. I was still at Microsoft for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, the Mount Everest thing was just a fucking holiday he took. Uh, the departure of Dean. I mean, as I said, it was it was it was a slow transition, and Dean did not even attempt to start that departure until it was very clear, much like when I departed, that the team was self-sufficient, that he could do that and not feel nervous about it. Uh, if I was to sum up, like, you know, what it felt like, I would say maximum comfort for Dean and less stress. He knew that he could do it and feel comfortable about it. And the, the fact that he did, the fact, the fact that that happened is entirely because he hired people that he trusted with the vision. Okay. You mentioned, like with Dean, um, it was a slow progress, and that was definitely what we on the outside noticed with you. Why was it such a slow progress? Like, the, the first thing we all noticed is you were involved in, primarily in the status report, less and less and less. I know you did an interview with someone explaining what Daisy was and um, uh, so on, but your your public face just really seemed to slide down, and then we got the... Um, it was still a bit of a shock to a lot of us, but it wasn't really a surprise based on how little we'd seen of you or heard of you um, in the lead-up to it. Why did it occur that way? Well, there's a couple factors there. Uh, the slow, you know, slow decrease in contribution to status reports was also, it was a little bit reactionary on my part. It was reactionary because I just kept getting shit when I would try to describe why something was happening, design or development-wise. Yep. Describe what the intent of a system was going to be, or why you know what where we wanted to go with something, and you know what uh, what the essentially what the end result that we're starting to see now uh, is, and why why was it going to be this way? Why is it taking this time? Why is this important? And I was getting a lot of pushback on we don't want you to wax nostalgic about things or tell us about ideas. We want to see GIFs. We want to see videos. We want to see models. We want to see finished content. And uh, literally is not my fucking job. <laughs> that, is the, that, is, that, is, that is other people's roles. And I'm not going to take their thunder. I'm not yep. going to be like, Victor, give me all the cool shit. No, that, that should be for Victor. You know, he worked on it. That's Victor's job. That's Peter's job. Let them toot their own horn. That's why they have their own portions of the status reports. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so insecure that I have to stick my name in everyone, you know? Yeah. Uh, if I had something that I needed to say that I didn't think people were going to bitch at me for re repeating, despite the fact that there's a, there's hyperlinks so you can just skip right past my fucking text if you don't want to read it. <laughs> I just, I got, I got tired of checking the status report and seeing the top comments bitching about what I was saying. Yep. They want to see models and finished content that comes from the people that make it. I'm talking about the high-level vision of the game because that's what I work on. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was primarily why you saw the slow decline because really, at the time, internally, it was all technology, all technology, trying to get the new system up to par, trying to iron out the kinks, virtual machine exceptions, fucking everywhere, server crashes, client crashes, you know, odd bugs. None of that stuff is new content. It's, fucking the slog of implementing new technology. Yeah. And then, you know, as that progressed and things got closer and closer and, you know, I saw 
I saw a daisy forming that was more than we could have ever dreamed of having when we started the project. And I saw that, you know, the designs were all written up and prototyped internally, prototyped on old technology. It was just less and less for me to do every day. And, uh, you know, I, I, got, I was getting homesick. My blood pressure was always high because people wanted it now, 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 now. And nothing I could do could make the engineers go faster. Yeah. I, you don't want me diving into fucking into Visual Studio and open up a CPP file. Like, it's just not, it's not what you want. So, so ultimately, it was your decision like, well, I, to leave. You weren't tapped on the shoulder. Oh or fuck yes! No, 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 not at all, not at all. In fact, to be quite honest, the announcement of the departure was probably at least a couple months, if not three or four, after the actual departure, uh, be, because Bohemia themselves were concerned about my departure, and and David Dorchek was concerned that how it would be taken. I'm like, David, it's fine. Like, we you can see the build. You know where we're at, and his and his concern was, well, yeah, but they can't. The players only see the videos we show them. They they can't touch it. And we're really worried about you know, the reaction of the departure because they can't see what we see. I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, we'll we'll, we'll give it a couple months. I'll I'll review builds and give feedback to Peter, and that was it. You know, that was for those few months. I wasn't really doing anything on the team. I was reviewing the builds. I was playing them and writing up my feedback to Peter, but. That was pretty much it. Yep. So if anything, it was, please, please wait. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's going to clear up for a lot of people um, um, what they may have thought. Um, now, in my interview with Martin, um, did you watch that one? Uh, no. Okay. We discussed the Twitter issue that was all the rage with people everywhere being blocked. He clarified um, that very few people were blocked by the official account, but what individuals such as yourself did with their own personal accounts was up to them. Now, quite a few people have made a song and dance clickbait video claiming that they have been blocked by you. Unfairly, they claimed or that you couldn't handle a joke. What is your take on this? Obviously, the most well-known case is Silo, but there are others as well who have been blocked or so they claim. <laughs> Uh, you know, I really don't like giving airtime to people like that. Uh, yeah. Every time I talk about it, it's just more attention to them. Um, uh, the silo thing, I uh, that that whole thing came out while I was at a trade show, um, and I remember stopping in the lobby of the hotel and opening up my laptop and logging into the Twitter account. Um, maybe someone removed the block before I got to it, but when I logged in, he was not on the block list, and the Daisy official account block list it can be counted on like two hands. Yeah. Uh, considering the volume of people that follow that and interact with that account, that's fucking staggering. Mm -hmm. And primarily I'd say seven out of 10 of those are either accounts, uh, involved with software piracy yep. around Daisy, cheat authoring around Daisy or accounts like Hicks sucks dicks. <laughs> <laughs> God um, almighty. As far as my personal account, uh, yeah, I've blocked some people. Who gives a figure? Who is anybody to say I can't take a joke? If you say on your Twitter account in a tweet to me that you like apples and I want to block you for it, it's my fucking Twitter account. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's mine. It has. It did not come to me through my job. 
I, 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 it's not a part of my job description to tweet things. It's, it's mine, you know, it is my account. Um, and and it is my call. Um, and, uh, that said sometimes, yeah, I block people because I couldn't hold on. Sometimes, yeah, I've, I've blocked people because like, I I didn't like what they said. And sometimes I've looked at it later on down the road because I like to be a good critique of my own behavior. I was like, eh. Maybe I was too sensitive. Like, uh, there was a guy, oh my God, why can't I think of his name? Probably because it's almost midnight. I'm usually in bed by now. But there's yeah. a guy that plays um, with uh, Moho. Uh, oh, fuck. And he does, he's done some raps on his YouTube channel. And some of them are really fucking cool. Like, really cool. The guy's got talent. But uh, he put a tweet out once uh, about me being a faggot. Uh, and I was like, you know what? No, no, fuck it. Block him. And later on I was like, eh, well, you know, maybe he was angry. I don't like when people use a term like faggot, like as an insult or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too sensitive, but listen, if I like to, you know, if I fancy a good dong, that's my fucking business and nobody should be sh- ashamed, <laughs> ashamed of, of their preference. <laughs> sexual preference is your sexual preference and don't you fucking shame me for it. No. Um, well, you just admitted you're going to fuck three guys clear, um, earlier in the interview, so well, you do you. That, that is true. That is true. That is true. Um, but um, I think I took it a little too personal. Maybe I should have just told him, hey, dude, that's not cool. And I removed the block. And the funny thing is he had he did do a video about it. And I, I, think, I think we're good. I think he and I don't have any beef. I think we squashed it. And there yeah. are other people that have been blocked uh, that have been blocked specifically because they were involved in harassment uh, involved in my personal life. Mm. Like, I don't think my personal life is something that anybody's fucking YouTube channel should deal with. Nope. So they got blocked. I agree with you. But I just yeah. know it's been such a hot topic of, uh, you know, if, if pretty much second after Daisy sucks um, for clickbait is Brian Hicks blocked me, I think, when it comes to Daisy-related um, <laughs> clickbait videos. Honestly... Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about there, like, as far as that goes. And the funny thing is, they'll accuse me of not being able to take a joke. Uh, why can't they just move on from not being able to see my Twitter account? Yeah. Like, why are they so fragile that they, they need that validation? Mm-hmm. Who cares what Brian Hicks thinks? Who the fuck cares who Brian Hicks wants to, to see tweets from? It's just my Twitter account. Like, I'm just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't buy a copy of my Twitter account. You bought a copy of Daisy. <laughs> so how do you how how did you deal with the amount of shit that you copped on a day-to-day basis? Uh scotch. You might have heard of it. <laughs> and medication it's for a, your blood pressure. Nice, yeah, yeah, well, later on. Uh actually I had a doctor that, that suggested that to combine the two. Um you know, it's a benefit of, of of living in in Europe is the the easy access to 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 scotch from Scotland scotch you know it's, and the great thing is Czechs really don't like it but it's still in the European Union so what's your favorite scotch <laughs> a hell of a lot more affordable uh, my favorite would have to be Glengoyne Twenty One Single Malt yep absolutely love that I had that when uh, uh, one of my birthdays. Uh, I treated myself. I had saved up some miles through British Airways, and I had pinched every penny. 
and I flew myself to Edinburgh and stayed in a Waldorf Astoria for two days. And uh, it, it, it sucked my bank account dry, but it was something like, you know, I'm, I'm from fucking the Pacific Northwest in the United States. Most people in my country don't even leave their state, let alone their country. To get all the way to Scotland and to be able to stay in a fucking Waldorf Astoria in front of a castle and go on a tour of the Highlands, if I can do that and drain my bank account, I'm going to do it because I'm probably never going to be able to do it again in my life. Yep. That's good, mate. It sounds like you, you finally managed to get past all of these demons with all this fucking bullshit. Yeah, I'm, uh, for the most part, yeah. Are you worried that it's going to start up again with your new job? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, not, not, not nearly as much, because the current project, you know, I'm, I'm, I have the benefit of being able to develop outside of fucking early access. Um, but no, not so much on the current project. Is that part of the reason why you're being so quiet about it? Oh, yeah. I don't want to overhype. I don't want to overhype. And I want to have the core foundation done and ironed out uh, before consumers get their hands on it. I don't want to do another title where we ship bare bones as fuck. Do you have any regrets about Daisy? I have a lot of regrets about Daisy, and I'm going to keep them to myself. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. On a more positive light, what is your favorite memory of Daisy? Be it something either in-game or IRL. Um, I'm leaning more towards IRL. I'm certain you have some amazing stories to tell from PAX's meeting various online celebrities. Actually... One of my my favorite memories in game that comes to mind. Uh, I was playing shortly after the V3s were put in. Uh, we were it was myself, Blackout, Jamjar, Echo, Katie Wolf, it was the whole crew, and we were making our way from Svetlo towards Novod. We had one V3s, but it was a V3s cab, no bed, and Katie was driving back and forth between the Svetlo group and Nova Destination, or he was supposed to, uh, to move people one at a time. But after he drops off Echo and he comes back for us, KD being KD, screaming, Woo! Roll Tide! Driving this fucking thing like it's, you know, a Bigfoot monster truck through the field between Svetlo and Novod. And we just, see, as we come out of the trees, we <laughs> We see him hit a rock, and it literally flips onto its side and slides. And there was no way to get it back up. And we spent all that time fixing that fucking thing. And just, just, the, just everybody's reaction, like, oh, KD. <laughs> oh. It, it, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun back then. I do. You've, you mentioned a lot of these names from what I call kind of like the golden era of Daisy. Yes, a lot of people associate Frankie on PC with um, Daisy, um, but for me, I was a little bit of a latecomer. Um, but I started like most people watching Frankie's videos, and then got absolutely hooked on the game. And I was watching as much content as I could. You know, I was watching Blackout series as he was dropping episodes and Jam Jar streaming and. 
um, Katie Wolf, LP, Mr. Moon, and all the rest of them. And I, I, I truly hope all these people do come back to Daisy because they were all such unique um, uh, content creators, but their their best stuff always was when they were together. Like, in my opinion, the best stuff of Paul and FT and Rene is when they're together. Those three, I call them the holy trinity of DayZ. Um, when they're together, oh my God, the stuff that happens is just amazing. And that's the beauty of DayZ. It's such an interactive game. I don't know if they ever will, um, because you have to understand, being, uh, I guess, prolific content creators, primarily from DayZ, um, the amount of shit they get about it is yep. probably almost just as much as I did. And mental health is a huge thing. Like, mm. I don't know if I would I would wish upon them the same kind of stress. Uh, if they enjoy it and they have fun and they, and they want to play it, yeah, I hope they do. But I, I don't want them to feel any responsibility or 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 obligation to come back okay you mentioned it before and i said wait i've got a question about it scum if you believe the internet and why wouldn't you believe the internet because they're right about everything but it's a daisy killer i personally don't feel it is but what do you feel on it yeah. all right so there's a reply i made to a post i saw on the Daisy subreddit that was deleted by the author. The post was called Why Scum is Not Better Than Daisy. Um, and I'm just going to read my reply to that to you and expand upon it a little bit. Now, after this guy put this post up, the thread up detailing why Daisy is better, I responded just saying, guys, please, this kind of tribalism helps no one and in the end only serves to add to the stress of both developers. Scum is an awesome game, and a great accomplishment, especially for a team the size of Gamepires. But I've seen this back and forth so many times before. A new title in the space comes out. Some of the people who enjoy it take en said enjoyment way too far to the fanatical level and go on some sort of holy war against their previous game, whether it be H1, Daisy, Miscreated, whatever. The toxic back and forth uh, and fanatical buildup of the new title and team over the initial launch weeks and months is both euphoric and stressful for both developers. And inevitably, with time comes the realization from many of these evangelical supporters, but for some reason not all of them, that software is just that. Software. And the new game or new team didn't suddenly rewrite the reality of game development. Wherein each approach and each project has its own strengths, its own weaknesses, its own challenges and successes. In the end, the community settled, but the developers end up recovering from a severe spike in blood pressure. And I apologized about this being d disjointed because I wrote it really quickly. Yep. But the TLDR is play what you like and let other people play what they like because you're not helping the other game. You're, in fact, causing a lot of fucking stress for both developers. There are problems, there are bugs, there are shortcomings in all these titles. And everybody has their own spin on it, and nobody fucking owns the space. I personally reached out to some of the guys on the Scum team. And some of them have followed me on Twitter for years, and they're, they're good dudes. And I, I've sent them, like, in their darkest hours since launch, I've made sure to send them messages of support, just like I did with H1 when they were having trouble at launch. 
and 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 miscreated and anybody else in the space. Like we're all doing this because we love the genre, because we love the gameplay. Yep. We're not no no developer out there is doing it because <laughs> I'm gonna fucking end this other game. Like it's just that's not how it works. And I really wish people would stop trying to push this level of tribalism. Yeah. And just fucking play games. I've I've been having a back and forth on Twitter with um someone at the moment where um, he was basically saying that you know, Scum is so much better. I said, why well, compare them? They're both great games. Great games in their own right. Um, they, they've, they've done something different because, you know, really, um, unless you're pretty, you know, average a person, you're not just going to um, carbon copy a game and pump it out. You know, you're going to do your own take in it. And Scum's got some great ideas, the mechs and the way the infected are and their crafting system. I love it. Um, but... I still love DayZ. It's fun. I it's don't fun. have to hate one because I love the other. I love both games. Yeah, when, when Scum launched, I couldn't put it down. I had a ton of fun. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. I don't play it too much anymore. It's, it's the same with... Well, I, I just don't have time for mm. games in general anymore, but it, you bet your ass it's in my Steam library, and I put more than enough hours into it to justify my 20 bucks, for Christ's sake. But don't... Please, if you're a Scum fan... Don't, don't, don't try and attack other fucking titles and make it seem like you know Gamepires or Scum or the Unreal Engine walks on water. We've all got our warts, we've all got our our, our hurdles, and you glossing over it is not making it fucking easier. Yeah, it's in fact just going to make the fall harder when inevitably a problem pops up. And they've been through theirs, and we've been through ours, and. Shit, I, Peter, I know Peter's checked it out, and he's been like, man, I'm fucking jealous. They got some stuff in here that I've been wanting to do for a while. Like, we're all fans of each other's work, guys. Yeah. I mean, their fucking Unreal project name is Con Z, as in Convict Z. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> they're good dudes over there. Um, have you had a chance to play on Sumrex Namolsk? Uh, I have peeked over Adam's shoulder while he's working on it. And we did do some early footage for a status report a long time ago, or screenshots. But no, I've, I'm intentionally keeping my distance because I want to be just blown away uh, when I touch it. And if he's, if he's anywhere near what I've seen just looking over his shoulder in the past, I can't fucking wait for this fresh take. Yeah. I'm I'm hyped because I um, have, as I've said several times, I had very little experience with the mod, so I've never played the Molsk. And um, one of the things, yeah, we were talking about Scum just before. One of the things um, I did dislike about Scum was the map and the little cursor indicating to you where you were. Um, one of the things I was so excited for was being lost again. It's the one thing I miss from Daisy is. I can still get lost. Like if you end up in the middle of the forest somewhere, if you log onto an account you haven't played in a while and you log off in the middle of a forest, it'll take you a little bit of time unless you've got a compass to work out where you are. You may find yourself running towards the coast. But Scum kind of robbed me of that by having the map just by pressing M and a little flashing cursor telling you not only where you are but which direction you're facing. So Namolsk is going to be huge for me because I just I don't know the map other than seeing pictures of it and the little bit of a clip that... Sumrak was generous enough to let me share with people. Um, I know nothing about it, and I'm so excited to get lost playing the game. Amen. Um, 
any titles in particular that you're looking forward to? Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yep. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Dead Matter? I, I've been keeping an eye on it. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yep. Um, yeah, primarily just those two are like my, like that's where I'm keeping my finger on the pulse. Yep. Uh, I spend a lot of time playing VR uh, lately. Yeah, I've noticed um, that. Oh yeah, a lot of time. A lot of tweets are about VR garbage. lately. Uh, but uh, the Vive and you know the, the Steam Vive stuff and and the Rift Store, there is some amazing experiences. Uh, there's nothing I'm I'm waiting on for it right now necessarily as much as I'm I'm enjoying watching the evolution of movement and and the whole of the VR industry slowly moving towards fluid movement, which I believe is absolutely 100% critical to VR being taken seriously, especially in larger spaces. Uh -huh. um, the t teleport shit, just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It worked when it was fresh, but people expect more. Immersion needs more. Um, and, of course, the evolution of the controllers, uh, you know, the touch is, is fantastic, and uh, the, uh, the knuckles controllers and the fact that it's like a capacitive sensor on the grip, so it's like a, it's, 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 the, the data on the amount of the grip and how, how, how much you're pressing, which finger you're pressing, it's all float data, which is so much more precise than, you know, an open-close switch, like uh, the stuff on the original Vive Wands were. So, yeah, the, the VR stuff in general, like, I'm just constantly looking at that. But, um, fucking Red Dead Redemption 2 and R Resident Evil 2. Mm -hmm. Red oh, Dead Redemption and Last 2. of Us 2. Yes, Last of Us yes. 2. Oh, God, yes. Okay, in your opinion, is DayZ going to be the game you hoped it would be when you first heard about the standalone project? Oh yeah, it'll get there, undoubtedly. Um, I can say that confidently right now just because looking at what's available for scripting and modding by itself yeah. ensures that the engine supports what we want to do. So yeah, it'll get there. What advice would you give to people thinking about buying Daisy? Watch streams uh, more than YouTube videos. You can't really edit a stream, you know. Mm -hmm. Watch Twitch streams and read the status reports, and and make sure you know you look at all the warts and all in the streams and read this, read the status reports, and if 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 it's at a level where you're comfortable with, pick it up, pick it up, and make sure to play with friends. Who do you recommend they watch? Anyone in particular? Well, um, obviously FT streams are good, but uh, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, uh, Jake, uh, Jake on 72. Yep. Fantastic stuff. Um, Obviously, Renee's stuff is is going to be amazing. Uh, Tope, Tope Rec. Oh God, he's hilarious. Also very good. Uh, Tope Rec, Dude I Rage is fantastic. Uh, Lottie has been getting back into streaming. A lot of Lottie. Yeah, she's getting um, some she decent numbers too. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's five minutes to midnight, so my brain's a little fried. Those are the names that come up straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Septic Falcon. We all know Septic Falcon. Yes, Jason, I remembered you. <laughs> the very last question, mate. What can we expect from you in the future? Oh, and uh, before he shoots me in the face, Minder. Ah. <laughs> minder. Uh, well, what you can expect from me in the future is continuing to pursue what I am passionate about. And that is open world. That is emerging gameplay. That is immersing the player in a living, breathing world and giving them the tools to create the stories that they want to have, the stories that are shareable, that a designer can never write out for a narrative title. That's what gets me. Moments. Brian, this has been an absolute monster interview, almost five hours. I'm going to have to break this up into possibly uh, two... (laughs) Two or three um, segments, I think. It's just going to be too big to dump on people all at once. No one's going to have that amount of time to sit down and listen to an interview. But I have to thank you, mate. Um, I think this is probably the longest interview you've ever done. (laughs) It definitely is. Brian, thank you so, so much, mate. I think my voice has dropped about 10 octaves just from talking so much. Um, I should have had a bottle of water with me or a bottle of scotch, maybe. (laughs) Spaggy, hint, hint, Mm -hmm. nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You're in the Queen's country, mate. See what you can hook Mm -hmm. our Brian up with. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes. He has my address. (laughs) Mate, thank you so, so much. Wait, wait. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have the new one. Don't send to the old one, Spaggy. I'm not (laughs) a Washington state anymore. Hit him up in the DM, Spaggy. All the best, everyone, and ciao for now.